Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Chris Hart and Gary Dittman, the Sports Animals, on ESPN Honolulu. Gary Dickman's back on vacation. It's a Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Feels good to be home. Feels good. All right. And uh, we'll talk about your uh, exploits on the mainland in a bit. But three things you need to know heading on in. Uh, UConn dominates. It, I wouldn't say it was a boring national championship game. I mean, with about eight minutes left, uh, San Diego State went on a little move. But, yeah. I'd much rather watch the uh, ladies' basketball this year. It's too bad it wasn't dramatic at the end, like Saturday's game, at least for San Diego State. You won last-second finish in a Final Four a championship game. Unfortunately, that was not to be. Give UConn credit. They were great. But, yeah, you want a, you want a close finish to make it even more exciting. And let's see here. Uh, Masters Week is uh, going on. The drama between the Live Tour and the PGA Tour continues. Yeah, it's always such a feeling for me when college basketball ends, but for a lot of people, this is one of the best weeks of the year. There are many in sports because as college basketball ends, the Masters, I mean, the cream of the crop will start really tomorrow, uh, Thursday, I guess, and uh, looking forward to that. Hopefully there'll be some more drama there and some close finishes on Sunday. Yeah, hopefully the drama is uh, out on the golf course and not in the, because they're getting interviews from Bryson DeChambeau and, and uh, Fred Couples is calling people idiots and the the European tour is fining live golfers and all kinds of stuff is going on uh, off the court. We'll get into that a little later on. Hey, how about the NBA? We're in the last week of the regular season, and the Lakers are coming in hot. I am not a Lakers fan. I've said that, but I do kind of not really fear them. But if I'm another NBA team, I don't want them in the playoffs. Their biggest concern is if they're healthy. Right now, Anthony Davis is. LeBron, not quite there. But if they are healthy, look out NBA West because they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. Ooh, yeah. All right. Uh, let's get. I want to get back to uh, the uh, uh, basketball game last night. Final score. Uh, what was the final 76, score? 76-59. 76-59, UConn, uh, didn't they win all their games by 20 points or more? Every one of the tournament games were by double figures. They averaged 20 points of victory in all six ah. wins, which is incredible when you know about some of the buzzer beaters, and there weren't a lot, but a lot of close games. They didn't have to uh, play a one, two, or three seed. They don't need to apologize for that, but they didn't play a team that was seeded higher than them in these wow. tournaments. Okay, so they start out and they clobber Iona. <laughs> that figures. I mean, Iona didn't even belong there. Sure apparently. they did. Uh, then they played uh, St. Mary's, a number five seed, beat them 70 to 55. Then they played Arkansas. Yeah, so they play a 13 seed, a five seed. Then they play Arkansas, an eight seed, and beat them up by 23 points. 
they beat Gonzaga, so you can't say it was like an easy road there. But they beat them, and they beat them by almost 30 points. Yeah, that's the thing. It's one thing to win, but to win by that much. And, yeah, they were a good team all year. I remember back in early December, Jay Billis said they could be a Final Four team when not many people were talking about them. They were not yeah. ranked in the preseason at all. Right, right, right. Uh, they beat Miami, which was a five seed, of course, uh, in the uh, Final Four, and they beat a number of five seeds. So they played a lot of teams that were supposed to be as good as them around, right? Yeah, Play a lot of five seeds. Usually if you want to It's just that Iona was just kind of a walk in the park, huh? As it turned out, but maybe Patino <laughs> had St. John's on his mind. Uh, but again, usually you'll play a one, two, or three seed. For example, real quick, when George Mason went on that Final Four run way back when, uh -huh. 20 years ago, they beat three number one seeds to get to the Final Four. So it's impressive to get to a Final Four. When you beat three number one seeds, that is incredible, and that's one of the things they accomplished. So, yeah, again, I don't think UConn is thinking they have to apologize at all. They deserved it, but it wasn't quite the road that some people had planned out. Brackets were busted early and often in this tournament. And we knew that was going to happen, right? Yeah. I mean, we knew that. I mean, I didn't know that you would have, say, a San Diego State playing for the national championship, but um, the... What was it? We were trying to figure out the coach before this, the guy, your, your friend Fisher. of yours. For, what? Steve Fisher. Steve Fisher was the co the guy that we were uh, searching for yesterday uh, who really brought them to prominence. They didn't win and, you know, go to a national championship game. But, you know, San Diego State program in basketball has been good. But, you know, let's see if they can stay this good. Well, Brian Dutcher, he was an assistant for Steve, for Steve Fisher when they were back at Michigan together. They go to San Diego uh, State. He'd been with Steve Fisher forever. Uh, been at San Diego State, I think, in 99 or right around there. They took over there. So he's no stranger to the program. But he never won a tournament game. In the first five years or so, they were in the tournament. Now, the, year, the COVID year, they were like, 30 and 2 right. or something like that. Right, they were going to right. be a number one seed. And that season, like for everybody else, got taken away. So it was almost a little bit of justice. But I kept hearing in early March, he's never won a tournament game. Even though he's supposed to be good, he's never won in March. Well, I think he can put that, they can put that to rest, not him. But he said yeah. he's got everybody, a lot of players back next year. They should be even better. Mm. Uh, UCon so UConn, so Danny Hurley, like that story. Um, yeah. Not just because he's Bobby Hurley's brother. But he seems like a, a, a really good coach, uh, kind of a motivating guy, a positive guy, a guy that's really good for college athletics. Now, he's at UConn. It's their fifth, is it fifth national championship for the program? For UConn it is, yes. So it's their fifth national championship. Now, they're a really good program, but they're not considered to be a, um, you know, a Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas, right? The, the big four, I'll call it. Right. Mount Rushmore. Now, would, would, would he be offered jobs at, say, North Carolina or Duke if these uh, new coaches don't uh, do well? That's a really good question. I, I don't think necessarily he would. Now, again, one national championship speaks for itself. We'll never have to buy dinner in Connecticut forever. As far uh, as other schools wanting him, it's almost like a lateral move in a way. I don't. I still don't consider UConn a blue blood like the schools you mentioned. They've been right, around right, right. longer and more consistently good over that century or so. But, I mean, if, let's, say, let's say they go to a Final Four in the next year or two. Yeah, I mean, you know, Calipari, well, Memphis is not the same as UConn, but he had some success at Memphis, then all of a sudden can 
Kentucky comes calling. UConn, again, the Big East is not, I mean, I heard him say last night, of course, it's funny, we have the best conference in the country. No, you don't, Danny. It's a good, yeah. it's a good conference. It's not one of the, it's not the Big 12 or Big 10 or SEC. So I can imagine one of those schools with a lot more money maybe offering him double the amount to go there. I think it could happen in the next few years. But if I'm, you know, look, you, if you're not, you're not a blue blood, but you're, you're kind of a light blue blood, right? Yeah. You're, you're kind of like a powder blue blood. You're, you're like the, uh, the, you know, the, the, um, the L.A. Chargers shade of blue. <laughs> yes. You're blue, but you're not like New York Giants blue. Anyway, the, uh, um, if you're not, if it's not one of those schools. Like if an SEC school comes and calls and says, not an SEC school like, uh, oh, I don't know, give me an uh, LSU. Okay, Okay, Georgia. Say Georgia is like, hey, you know what? We got all this TV money. We want to be good in basketball like Alabama. So we're going to give the next coach $10 million a year or something like that. Well, for $10 million a year, you probably leave. But at the same time, why would you leave UConn to go to, say, a Georgia or an Alabama or something like that? More money, but look at the lady side. Kim Mulkey was at Baylor. She won three national championships there with Baylor, and Uh she goes to LSU, which was a little surprising. Okay, she's from there. Still, you know it had to be about money because, first of all, it's a lot tougher to win in the SEC. So you got some other schools there that have been there and done that. It's not automatically where you're going to be one of the top teams in the country, and they weren't two months ago. They were a really good team, so she just takes it for the money, I presume. Again, maybe because she has some connections there, but I would think the same thing for Hurley. If let's say. SEC school like Georgia, they got all the money in the world now. Football's making a ton. You want to win in basketball, maybe a guy like Hurley is the guy you want to go with. Again, I don't think it would happen now, but if another year or two he has a similar run, you don't have to win a championship. But we see it all the time. Coaches that never make the tournament go and maybe win a game, and they're getting offers all the time. Look at Penn State. Look at so many other situations where that's happened. Or, I mean, you you just get to the tournament and you're offered. Like Rick Pitino. I mean, Iona... Uh, you know, they they barely got in. I mean, actually, on. no, they didn't barely get in. <laughs> I just kidding. But you, a good example, sure. I mean, for folks that don't remember, Gary's uh, Gary's new friend is uh, Rick Pitino, and he, he seems like a wonderful man when he came on the radio. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just given you a hard time. Yeah. But yeah, we exchanged text after he got the job. Oh, that's nice. He, I mean, the three Did or four times I've texted him. Did you screen save it? Did you post I didn't it? Screenshot it? No, but I. But he's gotten back to me within like five minutes every time. Just saying thanks and everything. But uh, that's well, obviously yeah. big news there. But it's a good example of a school that it's almost funny every year. A school that. Um, I'm trying to think of the other school where South Florida, I think, went to the tournament for the first time in forever, and their coach gets a job just for going to the tournament. Fairly Dickinson's coach, he got the Iona job. What a step up that is because they beat Purdue in the first round. Nobody ever heard of Fairly Dickinson or their coach. I can't even remember his name, but you win a game like that, you're getting offers, and look what happens to him. Even though Iona's not a major step up, it's got to be a little bit more money, and that happens every year. Okay, and I mean, yeah. What's wrong with Fairleigh Dickinson? Why wouldn't you stay there? Why would? What's the difference between Fairleigh Dickinson? Take out the money. What's the difference between Fairleigh Dickinson and Iona? They're both considered probably low majors. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I was a little surprised at that. I would think you'd get a better offer, you know, more prestigious school, so to speak, basketball-wise. So that was a little surprising. But, again, it happens every year. You make it, or if you win a game, you're going to get offers out of these mid-major schools, and that's a couple of examples of it this year. So for Hurley, it might happen in the future. I don't think right now would be the time. You're not going to win a championship and go to another school. But, again, another year or two, because <laughs> I don't know how much money they have, but it's not like they're raking in football dollars, you know, um, with TV money. But right. in the SEC, yeah, you are raking in money with all those sports. It might be more of a financial thing. Maybe um, Fairleigh Dickinson is, you know, there. See, I was I was thinking, okay, because Fairleigh Dickinson, they're the Knights, which is really cool. And then I thought maybe Iona has a better nickname, but they don't. The Gales. Yeah, the Gales. That strikes fear in nobody, Gary. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, no, the gales are on their way. Here come, the galloping, here come the galloping g- gales. <laughs> <laughs> never been uttered those sentences or words. Yeah, no. yeah, it's never come out of anybody's mouth. <laughs> oh, no, the gales. <laughs> Strong wind you, you got, coming. You got to be like the XFL. The Battle Hawks. I mean, that's there's no other name better than the Battle Hawks. Least, I think there's a college football team that's the Battle Hawks. Oh, wow. Or something close to it. Yeah, you want to have something more imposing, and you know, give the XFL credit for that. Their their nicknames a little bit more, a little bit more to say the least, creative. Except the San Antonio names. teams, no one still knows what a Brahma is. Oh yeah, but it's original. Yeah. It's different. Creative. Yeah, I'll give them that. Hey, so okay, so now as we look to next year, and the odds are out uh, on who's going to win the uh, NCAA tournament next year. Did I read that right? Was it Kentucky? The, the Kentucky's got – I don't know. I didn't see – I thought Connecticut was ranked high or expected to be high, but that's ridiculous now in April. But Kentucky's already got a couple of commits from some freshmen next year. But they have for the last four or five years that are supposed to be top 20 in the country, and mm-hmm. it hasn't exactly worked out for them. So I'm not sure why they would be uh, ranked or perceived to be that good of a team or a favorite as of yet. But I get those commits are supposed to be that good. All right. Uh, okay, so you had mentioned that, uh, that uh, UConn was not ranked – uh, in the beginning of the year. They, were, they weren't even ranked, and no. now they're number one. So let's go back and look at the rankings now that the season's over. It's kind of a fun exercise. Oh, I see here that North Carolina is number one in the preseason rankings. See, that's why I don't like Connecticut being number one or wherever they're ranked right now. I, don't, I know they lose a few guys. Everybody does. But what happened this year, especially in college football or basketball, has no reflection on what you might look like next year. And North Carolina only got it because of all the players coming back from a team that fell a few points short against Kansas. Uh, mm-hmm. last April, and I, I didn't like that then. I didn't think they'd be this average or below average, not even making the tournament. But still, I, that, it's just, again, you look at those things, it's like looking at a college football poll in early August. We know it's not going to stick like that. Okay, Gonzaga is number two. That's not horrible. No. Gonzaga was good. Drew Timmy. Okay, number three, Houston. Turned out to this preseason rankings yeah. before they even played, Houston. Number four, Kentucky. Uh-oh. Yeah, not yeah. quite living up to that, not at all. Number five, Kansas. Right around there, yeah. Right around, okay, okay, okay. Number, uh, tied for number five, Baylor. They ended up finishing really strong, so they were probably a top ten team. They were a top ten team at the end of the season. And that's without uh, Kim Mulkey. I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. okay. Number seven, Duke. Oh, didn't quite Wait, finish Duke was home. okay, right? They finished strong. They were undefeated at home in conference play, which I don't think Coach K, well, he must have done it a few times, but they actually finished strong. All right, number eight, 
UCLA. Put a lot of players back, so that's not a bad one. These aren't so off, actually. No. Number nine, Creighton. Wow. I was surprised no. at that one initially. Yeah, number 10, Arkansas. That That's a little off. Arkansas wasn't that good. For a while, they were top 10, but only for a while. Number 11, Tennessee. They finished up strong. They were as, low, as high as three or four in the country in February. Yeah, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but hey, what happened to Dayton? Dayton, as the young people say, what happened to Dayton? They were they ranked. Were, they were like number 24. Wow. Dayton. Must have been a lot of returning players, and I know they were good. I remember they were ranked early and then fell out of it early as well. But, yeah, those preseason polls, like you say often, they're fun to talk about, but how accurate they are, uh, it's almost like the NFL mock drafts in January. They're not exactly the same when things play out. Alabama was ranked number 20 and San Diego State number 19. Wow. I didn't I didn't think – I know Alabama's been good the last few years in the tournament. I didn't expect them to be number one in the country like they were for several weeks in January and February. Yeah, I I just like uh, I'm just uh, like saying Creighton and Dayton. <laughs> it's uh, 17 minutes after the hour. Gary Dickman's back from vacation with the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. Uh, Weather wise today, partly cloudy with a few showers. Sunrise this morning at 6:21 in just a few minutes. And a traffic check now on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. Somebody give this kid an NIL. <laughs> you know that Charlie Wade's son changed his name? Oh, that must be his real name. His his is Kyler Wade. That must be um I can't remember Kainoa Kino. Wade's Kainoa Wade's uh that must be his uh his holy name as you they say. Anyway, Dude had 46 kills last night. <laughs> How do you have 40? Ice that guy's arm up. 46 kills. That is amazing. Kamehameha beat Iolani in five, uh, 25 to 18, uh, 20, uh, 23 to 25. <laughs> Iolani won the third set, 34 to 32. Kamehameha comes back and wins the fourth set, 25 to 14. And then the fifth set, 16 to 14. Man, I wish I was there. That, I wonder if that was on, like, Spectrum Sports or or Felipe or whatever channel. The X-Cast or something like that. Yeah, X-Cast. Yeah. Man, 34 to 32. How long did this thing last? <laughs> Pretty long. He said he was exhausted. I'm looking at one of his quotes from after the match. He said, I'm exhausted, bro. Uh, or I'm exhausted, too, excuse me. Uh, but still, I mean, we've been hearing so many great things about him. And, you know, Charlie doesn't really need to hype him up because he does it himself on the court. This guy is incredible. I guess in a way it's kind of weird because you, you assume he's going to the University of Hawaii. So if you're in oh, another school. No, so, he is. So how, how I, do you I asked, recruit? 
See, but I asked Char. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, how do you recruit against that? I mean, you can't just lead this guy and not even try to com- recruit him. If you're, let's say, Irvine or somebody in the Pac-12, you still got to attempt to recruit this guy. But how are you going to do that? You know, what are you going to offer him that his father can't? <laughs> if you get mad at your dad, you're like, Dad, I want to use the car. You're like, No, you're grounded. I'm going to Long Beach. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you. You want that? You drove me away. <laughs> You had the first 18 years, Dad. Now it's my turn. First of all, Charlie has to crink his neck to look up at his son. He's 6'8". <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Heston Cabanion uh, had 19 slam downs for Kamehameha as well. Uh, Braden Van Curren, 65 assists, 13 dig-em-ups. By the way, thank you to Scoring Live. Uh, that's where we're getting our uh, uh, high school information. But, uh, man, for, uh, what's the record? Is there a record? Or as you would say, is there a record? No, not their, their win-loss. Tanner says their win-loss record is 6-1. and one. What's the record for the most slam downs in a high school game? Yeah, I'd like to find that out. You Somebody get Santi on the phone. <laughs> Santi will know. Man, Charlie said he's not done growing. I asked him that a few weeks ago at one of the call the coaches. So he said he's not done growing. He's only a sophomore, remember? Oh, still young, just a kid. Hey, give that guy. I give that guy an nil right now. But uh, I did. I, I asked Charlie because I, I was like, I was like, is he gonna go to Hawaii? He's looked at me like you idiot, like he usually does. <laughs> that you know that look he gives me, and he's just like, yeah. <laughs> Hey, congratulations, though. Good job by uh, Iolani. We should uh, mention them, too. Casey Lyons uh, had 18 slam downs. Waipehe Winchester, 12 slam downs. Colby Fournier, 10 slam downs. Tyler Van Kantfurt, 47 assists. Winchester also had 11 dig-em-ups. Keegan Martin, I'm sorry, Keegan Martin (laughs) had 12 dig-em-ups as well. A lot of dig-em-ups on the Iolani side. There were those are high numbers. I wondered. I'm going to try to find that out. What the record is for you know for kills or even some of those digs. But those are really really high. And I know it was a five set match and some of them went over 25. Still, those are really impressive. And one of, and one of the things I'm reading from Paul Honda's article is that Wade seemed to get stronger as the match progressed. Even though he said he was exhausted, the fact that he seemed to be getting better and better. Yeah, this. I mean, uh, he's not not to watch a six eight guy and with Charlie Wade's name, you know, he's going to probably be good. But with what he's done on his own, wow, this guy is really special. And again, only a sophomore. Oh man, the <laughs> he's and it's not just the 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 arm swing. It's not just that. It's jumping. I mean, that's got to be hard on your knees. This out though, I mean, Kamehameha is like super, super good. Uh, Ilani's, you know, good. They're four and three. But Kamehameha wins the first set, twenty-five to eighteen. So you're like, hey, pretty, you know, pretty convincingly. Uh, this is going to be another. We'll be home in time for dinner type of thing, <laughs> deal. And then uh, Ilani comes out and um, uh, wins the second set. So it's tied one to one. It's twenty-five to twenty-three. Close, but they're one to one. Iolani wins the third set. That's the one that went thirty-four to thirty-two. All of a sudden, Kamehameha, you are down. And then they, after losing thirty-four to thirty-two, they come back in the next set and wipe them off the floor, twenty-five to fourteen. Now all of a sudden, you're tied up, and it came down to you know sixteen to fourteen. They couldn't even finish with 
You know, they couldn't even finish to make it to 15. I mean, towards the end of that game, it must have been incredible. It sounded really exciting. And, again, he's a player to definitely keep your eyes on. So, again, great for his future at UH, but even what he's doing now. And he's got a couple more years left. I guess he already figured out you can't leave school early in high school. Although a lot of people have wondered and maybe hoped that I was one like that. But uh, <laughs> he'll have to sit around for two more years and probably get better and better. You know what? My advice, enjoy it while you can, young Kainoa. Because when you're like 30 years old and you're out on your own and your your washing machine breaks and you're like, I don't have any, you know what? Do like Tanner. Live at home as long as you can. (laughs) (laughs) You know, people that want their independence, I am here to tell you, young people, it is way overrated. (laughs) Live off of somebody else as long as you can. That's true. Uh, by the way, congratulations uh, in uh, boys' volleyball scores last night. The Surfers beat Anui Nui, uh three to nothing. Kailua uh, in that win. It was Castle over Kalaheo, a battle on the windward side, three to one. Uh, Hawaii Prep over Parker School. Is that like Parker Ranch School? Yeah, from the Big Island. Yes. They they ride horses and stuff at their school. I'm not. I'm sure some of them ride horses to school in the morning. Sure. Wow. All right. They beat them 3-2. to two. Uh, On the small school action, Island Pacific beat Hawaiian Mission 3 to nothing. Uh, let's see here. Any other scores? We have Kamehameha Hawaii over Hilo 3-1. to one. Uh, The Eagles, HBA, beat Midpack. Eagles over the Owls. That'll happen every time. <laughs> yeah. It's a much fiercer bird, 3-1. Uh, to one. What a hoot that was. <laughs> <laughs> Moanalua beat McKinley. Uh, three to nothing. Remember, Moana Lua's got all those uh, those uh, kids going to UH, right. right? Committed to UH, and Farrington over to Boo Dogs, uh, three to nothing. Thanks again to Scoring Live for the scores. Uh, coming up here on ESPN Honolulu, uh, I want to get a little bit into the the. First of all, this was such an exciting women's basketball NCAA tournament. Record-breaking ratings, drama, the drama that includes the president's wife today. (laughs) We get into that coming up here on ESPN Honolulu. You can always text or call in at 808-296-1420. And we've got tickets to UH Baseball to give away today. You know what? Let's give away a pair right now. How about that? The early risers. All right, so uh, four tickets to UH Baseball against Cal State Bakersfield. This is for Friday night at Murakami Stadium. If you're caller number two, oh, you got to be fast. Be caller number two at 808-296-1420 right now. And we got baseball tickets, four of them, for Friday night. We'll be back with our winner on ESPN Honolulu. Gary Dickman, back from vacation. Feel good to be home. I was kind of weird getting up this early again. I was, you know, reversed in that uh, sleeping order for the last few weeks and really took advantage of that. But great to be back. And Chris mentioned a couple minutes ago about the women's 
championship in college basketball. One thing I'll say, kind of like the back part of this in a way, on Friday night when Caitlin Clark had 41 points again in the final four, in the semifinal, to send Iowa to the championship game, I um, it was late at night on the East Coast, and I knew the game was on. I saw part of the first game wasn't as close uh, in that one. But South Carolina-Iowa, you know, was going to be a marquee game. And I, I didn't watch the first half, but I realized it was a close game at halftime. In fact, Iowa had a lead. So I put on that game and, of course, watched the end of it like most of us. And I immediately went on Twitter after that game. I don't know how many times I have seen anything trend as much as that game and Caitlin Clark on Twitter as it was Friday night, East Coast time at least. That was something where... Every, not only sports people, everybody around the country seemingly yeah. was tweeting about how great of a performance she saw, maybe the best ever, men or women, in a Final Four. Yeah, we were saying it was like it was like Michigan State and Indiana State in 1979, right? Good one. Be- because Caitlin Clark is the, the Larry Bird, right? She's sure. just a great shooter for this school. Like, this isn't a basketball school. Um, and then it was it was uh, you know the mighty mighty, the LSU Kim Mulkey and and Angel Reese and those kind of guys. It's just a shame that, that, that it just ruined it for me. By the way, uh, it did draw a, a record amount of eyeballs on the TV. Nine point nine million viewers. The game was on ABC and ESPN two. It was on both. Yes, it was. Oh, okay. Uh, why? You said people rating? who didn't have ABC? <laughs> They've done that with a few big games in recent years, some sporting events. Like Monday Night Football, I believe, has been on both, right? Is that one of the ones? I, I don't remember. Maybe that's something to do with streaming, mm-hmm. you know, that maybe they, it, it, it's an ESPN Plus as well or something. Uh, anyway, it's a 103% jump over last year. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's something. At one point, uh, the audience peaked at 12.6 million people. They all wanted to see what Tim Mulkey would be wearing, I guess. That was something itself, really. I thought that was almost something that was Photoshopped when I first saw that picture. It was very sparkly. It sure was. was. I love it. But that's that's how she does. I mean, she's like... uh, She's like the Elton John of college coaches, I guess. <laughs> I think she borrowed it from Elton, that jacket. <laughs> I think the, the main reason, I mean, not only was it a championship, but because of Friday night's performance with uh, Caitlin Clark, to have that kind of a game and everybody talking about it generated so much more interest for Sunday's game. So I can understand that. It was great. Even the, the average price per ticket, they don't play in football stadiums. They still play in basketball arenas. And mm-hmm. it was in Dallas where the Mavs play, so it was around 20000 or so. But the cheapest ticket for a Monday's game, Game, I believe was 386, uh, which is pretty good price for a women's championship game. But I think a lot of it was based on Caitlin Clark and her performance on Friday. All right, so now they're they're talking about kind of uh, um, combining the men's and women's tournaments in like some kind of. Uh, uh, let's see here. It, it comes. They're deciding what. Oh, I'm sorry to separate the women's tournament. Or keep it as a uh, part of the championship TV package uh, that includes 24 sports. Okay, so what they're it's for the TV package right now? You buy the men, and hey, we'll throw in the women's game as well. That's how it works in the radio uh, for radio as well. The the company that distributes is called Westwood One. I'm sure folks have heard that uh, on our radio station. Where the they're like the biggest uh, national sports provider for radio stations, and well, of course. <laughs> They're like, hey, we want to be on your station. Sure. Uh, but anyway, they've been with. That's why you get the Super Bowl 
And the World Series, or is that World Series come from ESPN? I can't remember. NBA Finals comes from ESPN. Anyway, some of the biggest sporting events come from Westwood One on the radio. And they you get, um, you know, with the NCAA package, you get the women's game. You get NIT and stuff like that. Um, but this is kind of different. This is like now the... Based on this, on you know your average of nine point ten million, let's call it ten million viewers. Think of how much money you you can ask the te- the the television people. It's not you don't have to throw it in with the men's game now. It's like hey, you can bid on the men's game, you can bid on the women's game, you can have them both, you can be separate. Maybe uh, NBC gets the women's national championship. I mean, this was just much more interesting than the men's side, and maybe it's because of you know it was there was so much parody on the men's side i don't know what it is but more people seemed interested in this than the other one that's just you would set on the onset well think of it this way right now both seasons are over if you had to think who's the men's who's the best men's basketball player in this tournament i'd have to think about it for a while if you have to think who's the best women's player in this tournament it's no it's a no-brainer it's caitlin clark so she's become a name and she'll be back next year uh, but she became such a big name that you could not really identify with her, but you could relate and know so much about her. She was a, uh, somebody that could draw the fans and the viewers in. For the men's side, again, who was the biggest star? I, I mean, nothing against UConn or even San Diego State. There's not a lot of NBA players, Hawkins maybe for UConn, on those rosters, which mm-hmm. is not really necessarily bad, but you don't have that one guy like a Chet Holmgren last year going from Gonzaga, number two pick in the draft, or Banchero from Duke. You don't really have those outstanding players. We know who's going to go number one in the draft. It's probably going to be uh, Victor Wembanyama. Uh, Wemby, I'll call him Wemby. Wembyama, who's been fantastic, but he's not an American. He's not a college player. Uh, there's <laughs> another G League player whose name escapes me right now. I think his first name is Scott. I can't even remember it right now. But uh, there, there's not a lot of big names on the men's side from colleges that are draws. There's a lot of good teams, like you said, parity, sure. Women's uh, side, though, you got some really big stars out there. And it's not just Caitlin Clark, but she is kind of like Larry Bird for Indiana State. She is their whole team, no matter how yeah. you want to look at it. There's, I mean, I don't remember anybody else's name on their team. So she's a draw right there. Yeah. The um, who's the guy you're talking about uh, for for UConn uh, Hawkins? No, the oh. De- Wemby. Oh, yeah, Victor Weminyama, the seven footer who the video the other day of him missing a three and then dunking it with one hand off the missed shot. I mean, he's the guy <laughs> playing that? in Europe. Oh, that's. I mean, I saw it so many different sites on social media, but well, he's, he's been the big name coming out of Europe. He's, he's seven feet, seven feet one. He's not very strong, but some people, I don't know how you can compare him with LeBron James, that people saying how much of an impact player. He's not, huh. LeBron James was still pretty strong coming out of high school. Uh, Victor Wembanyama doesn't seem exactly that strong yet, but still he's that great of a player. He's that once in a generational player you hear about every few years, but he's not an American college player. So that's why he's not the, the draw wasn't the same for the men's side, I think it's part of it you don't have that one outstanding superstar okay so they call him Wemby. they gave him a baseball nickname though that's like a baseball nickname yeah. Wemby, right yeah because baseball nicknames if your name's if your name's uh i don't Smith, know smitty yeah smitty or smithy right that yeah. would be your name it would be you know your last you, they'd be all hey dicky right yeah. jonesy yeah. jonesy exactly yeah, yeah. anyway so you know I was talking with Tanner yesterday. Thank you to Tanner for filling in for Gary the last couple Thank of you, weeks, Tanner. by the way. the uh, Okay, so the, the 
um, LSU wins the national championship, and a lot of the talk is about Angel Reese, the star player, uh, because she was, you know, making hand gestures, a couple of different ones, in the direction of Caitlin Clark. And a lot of people uh, took exception to that. So a lot of people didn't. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people said, hey, that, you know, it's trash talking. It's part of the game. Come on. And then uh, she comes out, and she was very unapologetic about it. And she said that, uh, you know, she, you know, in her mind, she gets a pass because um, she didn't uh, fit in a box that y'all want me to, that uh, she's too hood and she's too ghetto, and uh, so she can do what she likes. She can be – it was looked upon by people like me as you're a poor loser. You're a sore winner. Yes. You're a poor winner. It's just bad sportsmanship. And I'd hate to see some little 8-year-old girl – doing the John Cena, you can't see me move in a youth basketball game. But, oh, trust me now, it's coming. Yep, it will. Up to 12.6 billion people probably saw you do that. People are going to point to rings in a in a, in a a youth league where you get parts of trade patient trophies anyway. <laughs> so right. Point to my ring finger. So now Jill Biden, uh, I don't know why she's speaking about this, but um, – Usually, the team that wins the national championships are invited to the White House. And so she's like, hey, it was so exciting. She got caught up in it like the rest of America. She was at the so, game. Oh, she was at the game? Okay, yeah. so that's why. So anyway, so she's so excited. She's like, hey, you know, like, I know my husband's going to invite LSU, but I think we should invite both teams. And everyone's like, yeah, woohoo! Hey, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> As Tanner would like to say, another participation trophy for Iowa. But anyway... The um, um, so when Angel Reese, the person who you know that she doesn't fit in the box that y'all want her to, so when LSU, when the president's wife is like, I think we should invite both, and she's like, Oh, that's she wrote a joke, three rolling on the floor laughing emojis uh, on her post. Oh, it's a joke, really. Really? That's bad. Really? That's almost worse. What did that say to Iowa right there? That's only a joke. You're mentioning them as a joke after what they accomplished. That's A. She shouldn't have spoken because it just it's, it shouldn't happen. It's not going to happen. Now she's almost putting a little pressure on Biden to have to answer those questions. And you, wanna, you don't want to slight your wife, but you don't want to invite the losing team. It's just a lose-lose situation. I don't think Iowa would want to go either. I, I would assume that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. They they. they I think I'd love to have them both stand on the steps of the White House and they're both greeted because they it was it was so good and this is what uh, the first lady is saying it was so good for women's sports. She's talking about Title IX. She was around when there was no Title IX, and she's saying and that's really what she's saying here is look at where women women's sports is the true victor here. So I'd like to invite both of these guys in this what will probably become an historic game for the for women's basketball and women's sports in general. Think about where college basketball was 10 years ago when Gino Auriemma and UConn were winning every year. They would get the best recruits just to go to UConn. Now all of a sudden, South Carolina's the power, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's LSU. Maybe it's Iowa. Maybe it's a, a, a bunch of other schools. I mean, all of this is just great. Women's basketball is getting much better. 
WNBA players are much better than they used to be, right? You've Definitely. seen the, the WNBA game. Definitely. It's not. It, it's a different game than it was 10 years ago. So that's what the true victory is here. And really, out of all of this, with Angel Reese, you, you actually have a black hat now as well. They've got it all. They've got a bad guy. They've got a villain. They've got a hero. Now, this article writes, okay, so it talks about, and uh, we got to get a traffic update, I know, coming up in a sec. But it talks about all the things that um, Angel Reese said. And then the next line is a paragraph within itself. It says, Reese is black and Clark is white. What does that have to do with anything? That's in the ESPN article. Then the next paragraph says, Clark made a similar face-waving gesture to no one in particular during Iowa's Elite Eight victory over Louisville. Uh did, was this a black versus white thing? Some people tried to bring that up and make it that, but it shouldn't have been mentioned. I don't think it had anything to do with race. But it's unfortunate that people, some people brought it. That's not an overlying topic as far as people talking about it was that factor. If Angel Reese was white doing these antics, then everyone would just say, hey, it's trash talking. It's no big deal. And that's what people point out because Caitlin Clark, again, did it a little bit on Friday night in the semifinal in the Elite Eight, as you said, and people didn't make it a big a controversy. I think Because of- she, didn't, she didn't do it to somebody. She True. did it to no one in particular. Well, when she when she was waving off the player for South Carolina Friday, like, just go oh, yeah. ahead, shoot, shoot. That was to someone. I forget That's who it was for them. totally but still, uncool. But, That's uncool. But, again, so, I forget who pointed this out. Isn't that the idea? I mean, you, you scout teams, and if you know they're not going to shoot, you're going to let them shoot. You're going to let seven-footers shoot three-pointers unless they're Embiid or Giannis right. or some of the others because you know that's not their game. So you but, let it, nobody ever waves at them, though, like yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. Tanner brought that up yesterday, and that is – that is pretty bad. Why is it, you know, why does she get a pass? Well, also with Angel Reese, she supposed, and I didn't realize this at first, she ran across the court to do that gesture at the end of the game. It wasn't oh. like Caitlin Clark just happened to be there. She went out of her way to gesture. And I, I didn't see the whole video or from that angle that yeah. she did, but that's what was reported as well, that she went out of her way to do it. And it was at the end of the game. You didn't need to do it then. The game right. was over. And I think that the point is that why Angel Reese got so much guff from this is that um, this was the national championship game. I'm not sure you had as many eyeballs watching Iowa's Elite Eight game, right? Right. All right, hey, we're late. It's 6.49. Let's get a traffic update and be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, if folks didn't see this a few days ago, good friend of the family, Braden Fehoko, no longer with the L.A. Chargers. Yeah, he, he got he got bumped up. He got bumped up in life. He is a Pittsburgh Steeler. Gee, I know you wouldn't have been hap- very happy seeing that news a couple of days ago. That's pretty cool. Also, Isaac Seomalu, whose dad was coaching at UH. And uh, he he's good friends with his dad. Of course, followed went around with uh, Mike Kavanaugh, but uh, Isaac Siomalu is is from Hawaii, right? Yeah. So he's now a Pittsburgh Steeler, and so that's a you know that's Hawaii's team. There's somebody else. Somebody else local is on the Steelers. I can't remember who. Nate Herbig, oh, thank right, you very yeah. much from St. Louis School. 
So that's the team the local people root for, Gary. So you better root for the you root for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I've always actually liked the Steelers. I tell you that even though I try to give you a hard time because you dish it back to me at times about my team, and rightfully so. But I, I like the Steelers organization, and yeah, with all those additions. Is Tyson Alualu still with them? Yes. Okay, so yeah, they definitely have that Hawaii connection now for sure. I wonder if he's get he's getting up there. He's not a young guy anymore. Yeah, I don't think he's I don't he's, I don't think he's starting or playing as much, but he's still an, an well, impact player. I guess. I think he was I think he was hurt either last year or the year before. Uh, he had he uh, he was a little banged up. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, the reason I bring this up is that um, uh, what's his name? Braden. Todd McShay. Oh, is and Braden. Uh, <laughs> Todd McShay's uh, he has a. a a two-round mock draft. Number one, he has C.J. Stroud going to the Carolina Panthers. Number two, Bryce Young to the Houston Texans. Number three, the Indianapolis Colts in a trade with Arizona move up to number three to take Anthony Richardson. Eh. Number four, the uh, Cardinals take Will Anderson. The uh, pass rusher from Alabama. At number five, the Seahawks take Jalen Carter, uh, the guy who's, uh, uh, I guess, on the, the police cam. They show him lying to the police after the accident, saying that he, oh, I wasn't I wasn't racing. Right. And, and he's only talking to top ten teams. He's not going to interview yeah. with anybody else. Makes sense. I guess it makes sense. But anyway, uh, he'd go number five to the Seattle Seahawks. I actually like that for the Hawks fans. Uh, number six, the Lions will take Tyree Wilson, the defensive end from Texas Tech. Raiders, you got Devin Witherspoon, the corner from Illinois. I'm almost done. Uh, the cornerback from Oregon, really good guy for the Atlanta Falcons. And number eight are going to take Christian Gonzalez. Number nine, the Bears go offensive line with the Peter Skoronsky. I mean, that's an offensive line name. Northwestern, it, yeah. Yeah, Skoronsky. Then the Philadelphia Eagles will take uh, defensive end Lucas Van Ness from Iowa at number 10. Anyway, you can check it out at ESPN.com. Three things you need to know going on in the work this morning. That's coming up next with the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. Gary Dickman's back for vacation with the sports animals reunited. Yes. Thank you to Tanner Hayworth again for the last couple of weeks for filling in. Three things you need to know. Uh, UConn dominates in the, uh, well, I think everybody knows this already, but UConn dominant in their national championship run. And I, yeah, I mean, it's not surprising that they won. I know they were the favorite. But for San Diego State, a team that defeated the overall number one seed in Alabama, and that was a close game. I expected a closer game last night. I didn't think they would fall as flat as they were. I think they were down by 16 in the first half, 12 at halftime, shooting 29% early on. They just never got on track. And you got to give UConn a lot of credit for that. But it wasn't the dramatic, exciting last minute of a championship game like last year with Kansas and Carolina, unfortunately. Yeah. The uh... – uh, and the uh, women's national championship, 
record-breaking numbers uh, as far as the television audience goes. It's like the the women's basketball, women's sports, because of that game, made a huge leap forward. 50th anniversary of Title IX. And I looked at it another way also, Chris. Hawaii can say they lost to the national championship the national championship team. That's the team that knocked Hawaii out of the NCAA tournament. So it wasn't right. like they just lost to any team that got knocked out a round or two later. They lost to the best of the best. So it makes their performance look a little bit better. That's one of the things I thought of yesterday yeah. or Sunday. And, and I wonder if Angel Reese did the, the whole thing <laughs> to the Hawaii players. Yeah. Hey, it's Masters Week. Who do you got off the top of your head? Who do you got? Masters Week off the top of your head. I'm putting you on the spot. Okay, I, one you, guy I've always I really loved everything about his game, even off the courts as well. Some of the things he has said. I'm going to go with Jordan Spieth. I'm hoping he's back to winning another major. Oh, I would love to see Jordan Spieth win. I got Scotty Scheffler. Tanner has Xander Shoffley. Ah. Which means it's going to be somebody like Sam Ryder or somebody. I don't know if he was in it. It's going to be somebody, somebody else. Anyway, a lot of a uh, lot of a uh, cool uh, off the course drama going on. Uh, you know, I, I expect a full on beef. You know, Bob Barker, Adam Sandler style beef on the golf course between some live golfers and PGA guys at this point. That would make the ratings higher. Nothing wrong with that a little brouhaha. The price is wrong, B. <laughs> Uh, and I also hey. about Tiger Woods in the Masters. I mean, there's a headline saying it could be his last Masters to actually have a chance of, you know, participating or even winning. Why? Because of his, his injuries, his age, and everything like that. And again, hey, the he's I'm a seeing, lot healthier now. But he's a lot healthier now than he was a year ago. Maybe he made the so, cut. but it's still. I mean, I, I just see that headline, and it's, I mean, I guess we have to realize that's going to happen sometime soon. I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to be, you know, in the, in the majors five, six years from now, if not three or four years. So. I would. Why not? Come on. And especially a guy that's competitive as Tiger, he always thinks he has a chance to win. But you don't want to see him, like any athlete, I learned that later on, not early on. I don't want to see a guy in any sport hang on when it's past his prime, when it's he has no business being in that sport. Oh, but he is past his prime already. But, but I mean, you don't want to see a guy missing cuts on majors. If, if this Tiger Woods is missing cuts, you don't want to see him yeah. go out like that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's going to be a sad day. It's going to be a sad day because we're so used to seeing Tiger at the Masters. Right, right. This is, and this is not the PGA Championship, the Open Championship, or the U.S. Open. This is the Masters. We'll have coverage for you all week here on ESPN Honolulu with updates as the action gets started. And hey, you know what? Let's get into the NBA because the Lakers are hot, and I bring this up. Uh, and I, I say nice things about you when you're gone. I won't do it in front of you. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> but about a month, I don't know, it was a month ago or six weeks ago, you said, hey, you know what? Uh, the If the Lakers get in the playoffs, they're going to be super dangerous. You know what? The Lakers are super dangerous right now. On the west side, they were tinkering around 9 or 10, and they've won three in a row. They are two games above 500. They are half a game out from behind the Golden State Warriors. So they're half a game back from not even being in a play-in situation. Yeah, I, I know. And I got about a month or so ago, it stated they had the easiest schedule over the last 15, 16 games of anybody in the NBA. So that's part oh. of the reason. But I look at it this way. Let's say the Lakers, let's say they, they are in the play-in tournament and win one of those spots. And if they're in the first round, now Denver, I'm not going to include this with this, but if they play, let's say Memphis, a number two, or Sacramento, a number three, 
Uh, right. Who would you pick in the playoffs? Right now, you know what? Sacramento's great story, a little too young and experienced. Memphis, John Morant is all that, but sometimes he's a little bit too much. I think with the Lakers' mm-hmm. experience, I would pick the Lakers over Memphis being healthy. Look at how good the Memphis Grizzlies, Grizz, the, the, the Grizzlies, the Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies. Think how good the Grizzlies have been. I'd like to say I call them Grizzlies. Try it. It's more fun. The well. Grizzlies. The uh, look how they've been since John Morant came back from his his whole gun situation. Yeah, from sitting out those few games, they've been hot. Now the uh, Phoenix Suns have been hot lately too. But I like if it if if say the Lakers, because what do we got? Like four more days of the regular season. Most teams like have that. four. Yes. So the if the Lakers, if the Golden State Warriors fall. The Lakers move up to number six. They would play Sacramento, correct? Yeah, number three would be number six against number six. Woo! So, yeah, they could play them. Again, I think I would pick the Lakers. I mean, I would like to see Sacramento win. But, again, the, you can say what you want about LeBron or Anthony Davis or anything, but when this team is healthy, if you're looking at this team with their experience, I think they – it doesn't matter if they're a favorite, which they wouldn't be, but I would pick them to win this series. And I think over Memphis, they could. Memphis had a good run last year, so they've got some experience. I do feel you need experience. Uh, Kevin McHale said 30-something years ago, you got to learn how to lose before you learn how to win in the NBA playoffs. you you got to go through it a few times, and now Memphis has been through it a couple of times, so maybe it'll make it a little bit better, but I wouldn't count out the Lakers. I mean, I think they are dangerous. I think that's one of the reasons they took their time with bringing LeBron back. I know he said the foot specialist, you know, that special guy a couple weeks ago and came back, (laughs) but still, I mean, I think they realized how they can get into the playoffs and be a force. Look how Anthony Davis has been on fire. Yes, oh boy. Anthony, it's like, who are you? Anthony Davis from five years ago? Yeah, 38 and 15, 36 and 16. I mean, he has been playing at an MVP level for two weeks. Again, the biggest concern I think the Lakers have is if they can stay healthy come mid-April, which is a week and a half from now when the playoffs start. Well, and the Phoenix Suns have been hot since Kevin Durant came back. But again, health. How long is he going to be back? Yeah. going to make it to a playoff game? I mean, it's it sounds almost it, it sounds almost like a, a a put down, but it's true. I mean, and I, I even had to acknowledge that when he was on the Nets, but you can't count on him until he's shown that he can play a full month or two without missing games. Right. Okay. So now we're talking about the Denver Nuggets and the Grizzlies, and that we're not. You know, no one's ever talking about the Clippers for some reason. Uh, the Golden State Warriors and Wiggins might be coming back, and all of that. You know what? None of that might even matter. Shouldn't we be talking about the East? Shouldn't we be talking about the Milwaukee Bucks, the Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers? Those are the big three. They definitely are, but I think the reason you might talk about Denver or even Phoenix is because you only have to make it to the finals and beat one of those teams. So making it out of the West is going to be tough as it usually is, and I don't know who it'll be, but... You can talk about the East being stronger, but when it comes down to it, it's one versus I mean, one against the other. So uh, I mean, no matter who comes out of the East, uh, it's just still that one team that you have to get by. And I don't know who it's going to be. I, I Philadelphia is so good, not because of James Harden. The game I won, he was two for fourteen. I knew you would have loved that. Uh, and Boston <laughs> has had a great year. I mean, even though they're not the number one seed, that's going to be a tough test when you get down to the final two or four of the East. I don't. I'm not a James Harden hater anymore. You know why? He's changed his ways. He's he he's over in Philadelphia, right? Yeah. And he goes to Philadelphia and says, you know what? I'm not the star of this team. I'm going to play a certain role. 
on this team. And because of that, it's one of the reasons they're so good. That is true. I mean, he hasn't scored as much. He's still a guy who can facilitate and get a lot of assists. But, I mean, again, the game I went against Chicago was double overtime. He shot two for 14, took a lazy layup in overtime, had it blocked. He was awful. He was awful shooting. But then they said his foot hurt, and he missed the next two games. So maybe it did. But you, yeah, I, I, you're right, right about him taking on a different – I know, I know. That's what I was saying. Embiid is an MVP-type player. Uh, whether he wins it or not, I don't know. But, yeah, James Harden has become more the Robin than being a Batman like he was in maybe Brooklyn or especially in Houston. Yeah. Shouldn't the shouldn't the Minnesota Timberwolves be better than they are? They should be. They've been disappointing. Now, Carl Anthony Towns just came back. He missed over 20 games with injuries. Uh, but, I mean, you, you had a team last year that won a playoff series. That was with Patrick Beverly and D'Angelo Russell. Both of those guys are gone. You still got Anthony Edwards. And Rudy Gobert, you know, his numbers are good, but supposedly the team is not very happy with a little bit of his selfishness. Um, and not- Wow. He's a selfish guy. Well, You're not good enough to be selfish. As far as sometimes turning the ball over too much and trying to do too much with this team, and that's been mentioned about oh. him. So, yeah, I, I agree, though. I thought they'd be a little bit better coming off of last year, and adding a guy like Gobert I thought would help, but it hasn't helped you know, as of yet. You know what Gobert had to say about all that? No. He said that uh, he doesn't fit in the box y'all want him to. <laughs> They said he was too hood and too ghetto, so that's why he does that kind is of stuff. Is it me, or does Rudy Gobert sometimes or somehow remind you of Jerome DeRosier? Just their face. Receding hairline uh, a little bit. I, they look a lot. They could be brothers. Jerome Does Does Jerome have a receding hairline? A little bit. A little bit, yes. I mean, you know, he's, he's up there. In I don't the, think you, know. you want to tell somebody. He's like <laughs> 23 years old. You don't want to tell somebody they're tw- 23. It's like, hey. Get married quick because that hair's gone. Of course not. And it's not that way yet, but I, I think they look a little bit alike. Mm. I don't know. I guess I'm the only one who thinks I, that I don't, way. I don't spend as much time with Jerome as you well, do. Well, we did the you know, countdown the tip-off all year. We had a great time. Yeah. But I just noticed that about them. But yeah, with the NBA, again, just going back to the, uh, the playoffs, I, yeah. I love the fact that there's so many teams in the mix. You know, I mean, when you had the Cleveland Cavs in the in the early 2000s, or late 2000s, I should say, when LeBron was having a cakewalk to the finals, pretty much, that wasn't exciting. Now, you can mention seven or eight teams that could play in the finals at least, and right yeah. now you wouldn't be wrong. Okay, Gary Dickman back from vacation here, the sports animals on ESPN Honolulu, and uh, we're off of the, uh, you know, the uh, national championships in women's and men's college basketball. Uh, you were on, you went on a trip you went to Philadelphia, but you drive to New York. Is what we? How do you? How do you do again? My mother and sister live in South New Jersey, which is like eighteen oh, miles Jersey. from the Philadelphia airport. Uh, so I, I would go to games there and fly in there because it's closer. But I would go to New York, which I took the train with the senior citizens discount that they offered me. I never asked for. It's really cheap, uh, better than oh. driving with the tolls and everything else. So I would take the train, but it's about ninety miles away from New York City. Is it safe the train? Oh, in New Jersey it is. In New York, I, no. Uh, I, um, you know, I, I mean, every day I read about people getting pushed on the tracks and stabbed. I mean, it happens Why? because people are are are, are having mental uh, mental problems, and that's part of oh. the strangers. And so oh when, when I'm taking, I only took one subway at night, and that was after a Nets game at like six thirty at night, and I was with a friend because the subway is scary now. So I would just the wow. train is okay, but the subway at night, no, I would just Uber and not go there at night or just walk. And walking wasn't a lot more safer either. It could be scary there these days. Yeah, you're better off just getting a car. 
But there's nowhere to park it, right? Well, the parking basically is like 40, 50 bucks for like six or eight hours. They had one sign, uh, half hour starting at 1284. Oh, for a half hour, only 12 bucks? Wow, what a great deal. So, <laughs> yeah, we complained downtown. It's like $3 for just a half hour? Are you crazy? For me to drive to New York, and I only did it once, it would it cost about forty-seven dollars with tolls without without the parking. Without the parking, it's about forty-three, forty-four dollars somewhere there. Then the parking, so I would just take the train. Well, hey, you know what? I saw here that our train is uh, going to be starting pretty soon. You can ride the rail. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Seriously, they said you can ride there pretty soon. Like when is it? I twenty thirty. No, 2031 is when the whole thing's supposed to be done. And then we'll still be waiting for the stadium. Yes. Donna Mercado will kill me and be like, I'm in charge. <laughs> you know, she wants, she want, why doesn't she just run for governor? I don't know. Good question. You would think she'd want to move higher up. Maybe she just, you know, contempt where she is and contend. <laughs> just and, making know. everyone's life hell. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Why would you want to leave? That gets her up in the morning. Right. The Okay, so the, yeah, they said the rail is going to go from Coppola to Pearl Ridge. Like pretty soon. Well, well, it's well, in the paper pretty today. soon, though. In today's paper? Wow. Yeah, like I don't know. Did it say May? I I don't understand what I was reading. I was I was re I was sleepy when I was reading it this morning. Is that with passengers or just for those? Yeah, with runs? passengers. Oh, okay. No, That's a little different. Because right now it's running all the time. Yeah. See, you're in White Kelly. It doesn't run by your. your no, but place. I see it every day. I get on the freeway, and I I remember you saying you see it all day long. And you're right. Almost every day when I get on the freeway near Waipaho, I see it at some point near Pearl Ridge going. Yeah, it's around. running. So it's, it's just throw people on there anyway. Uh, anyway, so how was your trip? Where did you go? You went to the Bulls game? You went to the Bulls and who? Well, the Bulls, I, I thought I saw the MVP of this year's NBA season and back-to-back game because it either was going to be Jokic, who against the Nets had a triple-double on a Sunday, and then the next night in Philly, Embiid had 37-16, and 16, I believe it was, in a double-overtime loss to the Bulls. And wow. both guys are incredible. The games were great. The best game I saw, though, easily, I think, would be the Sweet 16 game, which I wasn't very hopeful to see good game because of the teams there, but when Kansas State and Michigan State played that double overtime game with the overtime game, that oh. was just unbelievable. The atmosphere for a Sweet 16 game, and even Florida Atlantic beating Tennessee with all their fans, and they totally had more fans than Florida Atlantic. Those were some great games, but Kansas State Michigan State just had all the drama and easily the best game I saw. So a lot of good games. Knicks in Miami, a couple of hockey and everything, but the college basketball Sweet 16 was fantastic. So somewhere around now, you're going to say that hockey is the best sport to see in person. Well, I still think it is. One of the I games know. I went was actually, boy, if I could see the worst game I saw, it was last yeah. Tuesday, Montreal and Philadelphia in hockey. Both teams are not making the playoffs. The ticket prices on SeatGeek dropped to 30 to $50 for, like, the best seats in the house. Wow. And you know what? You know why it was boring? Two words. It's hockey. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> it, it really, it wasn't a great game. It wasn't exciting. It wasn't intense with the atmosphere of the fans. But uh, all right, hey, you know what? Uh, weather today it's going to be uh, much like yesterday, I guess. Partly cloudy, with a few showers. Uh, Seven eighteen now, and we'll check in traffic and be back with more with the sports animals on ESPN Honolulu. Car going too far, never 
It's National Hug a News Person Day. Oh, I hope Stephen Sai is listening. If you catch Stephen Sai, give him a hug. Oh, he said he's a, a nude news person. person, right? Oh, he said a nude person. You mean a news person? Okay. Well, you know, anybody nude, you want to give him a hug. <laughs> National Hug a News Person Day. It, it's I, it's a thing. Um. So anyway, a news person. Like if you saw, uh, I don't know, Rob DeMello, he's got, would be a news person, right? Sure. We're certainly not news people, no. but we could use a hug. Barely sports people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I thought it was also Tell a Lie Day. It is. It's it's Tell a Lie Day. Uh, and here's some facts about lying. Okay, here's some fun facts. People lie more in writing than face-to-face. They write lies more than they tell lies. Just look at look at someone's resume, maybe, when they're applying sure. for a job. Uh, let's see. According to a recent study, for some reason, men with beards are way more truthful than other people. Men with beards don't lie. I wonder why they say that. Not sure. It's a recent study. Lying is bad for your health because it increases anxiety levels and boosts the levels of stress hormone. I believe that. And for some reason, Americans lie more in January than any other month. They lie about, like, how their diet's going or their New Year's, New Year's resolution right, or something. Okay. Man, I don't know. But anyway, happy, uh, go out and tell a lie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> in celebration. Go lie to somebody today. I guess you have an I like I like National Hug a News Person Day better. <laughs> yes, yeah. So if you, much if you more get, positive. If you get caught lying today, you have an excuse. Well, you're allowed to today. I mean, you know, <laughs> you're celebrating yeah. the holiday. <laughs> you win, it's a win either way. Yeah. All right. So I was thinking about NILs. Yes. NILs yeah. have been big in the news lately. Yeah, and we see the amount of players transferring. Let's stick with men's basketball for now. And I know when I, when I was gone, there was news of four Hawaii players transferring, two that didn't really play much, Zornad, yeah. Amaro Lotto. Uh, but then you have Justice Jackson and Beyond Riley transferring. I know I saw some of the comments on social media, and like every year when this happens, at least here, people are going to blame the coach. I didn't see a ton of it, but I heard it. But being, I don't, but, but do you think that um, – I don't think that people really blamed Aran Ganad. I mean, you know that three of those players just want to get more playing time, including Justice Jackson. Okay, I, you know, I, yeah. And, and, and beyond Riley, that was a surprise. I mean, he was your sixth man coming off, but I, he he wants to be a starter somewhere. So I don't know that it was a bummer, but I don't think that people blamed Aran Ganad. I don't know if any, it wasn't like Gib Arnold. When he had four players leave, whenever it was, mm. ten years ago, right? Remember that? Yes, yes. Oh, the transfer portal, and you you had to tell people, look, there are four hundred people in the transfer portal. Now there's like eight hundred. There's over but a back thousand. Then, there's over a thousand. A oh, over a thousand. But but th- back then there were like four hundred people in the transfer portal, and that's what Gib Arnold said. And everyone's all, no, there's not. You know, okay, well, people transfer, but not from Hawaii. <laughs> how things have changed yes they have anyway people but people really got on gib arnold for yeah, that they did. they did and i can see a ton of it on iran but i know that's just kind of par for the course yeah but i mean you're gonna get people who are gonna um you know get on whoever the coach is it doesn't matter if it's 
the basketball coach if we get some players transferred from baseball or whatever. Yeah. Or people are just that's that's their angle. Right. And I, I, I when I looked at it and I actually talked to a couple of coaches and just reading up on it, it seems like the bigger well, if not the bigger reason, at least a big reason for players transferring is what you just said, the NIL. And I'll give you one example. Being back east, I read some Philadelphia newspapers. They just lost six players. Now they lost their coach. Aaron McKee is gone. They lost Who? Their, Aaron McKee used to be a player no, in what, Temple. What, Temple, what? Temple. Oh, Temple. So okay. they lost their top six scores from last year that were eligible to return. And For, the, they're transferred? Yes, the transfer. And the reason Whoa. is it's not so much the coaching change, and I think this makes a lot of sense, and I talked to a couple of coaches, is the NIL money. For Temple last year, the average for those six players that they were getting in NIL, and they're a mid-major school at the AAC, was 5000 a year. Better than what they were getting years ago, but not in the upper echelon of what some That's players are getting. That's not that much. Well, it's not that much. And the talk was if they went to other schools and they did research and questioned people, their NIL valuation would be at least 50000 a year, which is still Woo! not a ton of money, but it's 10 times the amount of the 5000 Yeah, but if somebody is taking care of your room and board, fifty, you don't have your, your bills you're paying for your cell phone and tattoos. Fifty thousand is a lot. It, it is, but if you can make more somewhere else, oh, you're uh, going to go there. I think that's one of the reasons we're seeing so many transfers. There are some mid-major players who are leading scorers on their team that I don't remember. Now. I never even know them in the se- during the season. They're transferring, right. and there was no reason. You're not going to say I'm leaving because I want to get a better NIL. But from what I'm reading and hearing and putting two and two together, I think the NIL money is why a lot of players are transferring. You can make more elsewhere. It's not as much the playing time as it might have been before because there was no NIL two years ago. But right. I think that's what's taking place in college basketball, at least, and probably in football as well, where of you're going to go where the money is. Well, look at Miami. Yep. Miami yep. made it to the Elite Eight or Final Four. I can't remember. Final, Final Four, Four in men's, Elite Eight in women. It, right. So in the Final Four in men, you had some billionaire go, okay, you know what? I'm going to build a Miami basketball team. And that's why I wasn't rooting for Miami because – that was a manufactured team, but that's the way it goes. I mean, we know for a fact that Dylan Gabriel was going to play for UCLA, and then all of a sudden, at the last minute, he switched to Oklahoma, and it was an NIL deal. Yeah, perfect example. And so I think you can't, not that you can't fight that, but I think when the NIL started, it was basically when you go to a school, you can make money off your name, image, or likeness. Okay, great. But now it's coming as a recruiting tool. Yeah. And, 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 it, and it's not supposed to be where the colleges are involved at all, but we know they are. They're having NIL people, the collectives, all these different terms that we haven't heard two, three years ago, and they're now in play. If you want to go to a school, and I'm just going to use Beyond Riley as an example, because, and I do not know his situation. I did ask uh, somebody who's close to the team if he's leaving for NIL money, and I was told not that they're aware of. But if a player like that, mid-major, good role player coming off the bench, maybe he can play more somewhere else, but if he can get more money, if you can go from, let's say, making 5000 even 20000 you know, not talking about the Temple players, just making that much more, I think a lot of players are going to leave. And I think that's you know, it used to be when you're going to, you want to go to our school, look what we got in facilities, look what we got in academics, look what we offer around campus, and now you're going to throw in, look what we offer in NIL. It's a recruiting tool. I don't think that was the intent when it started. Again, it was supposed to be rewarding athletes once they're in school, but now right. you know schools are using it as a recruiting method. You can right. make X amount of dollars being in an NIL here. If you go to another school that's uh, recruiting you, you're not going to make that much. And I think it that's was, one of the reasons we're seeing so many transfers. And you know what? It was it was all it was done so hastily 
that um, uh, you had guys like Jay Billis and people saying, hey, yeah, you got to have the NIL. It's only fair. It would almost be illegal to block it. I get it, but what? They, and then California, the state of California, said, "Hey, you're going to pay, be able to pay our players." Remember? Yeah. And everyone yeah. started going, "Okay, we got to jump in on this." Okay, NILs overnight. NILs became legal, and nobody gave it any thought. Right. Now, some people in Congress or some other people are going, "Hey, well, how can we control this? Because it's out of control." What did everyone say in the very beginning? Not everyone. There was one faction of people. I might have been one of them. I can't remember. That came out and said this. By professionalizing college sports, it's going to hurt that it's going to hurt college sports, and uh, you know maybe it has because if you just have a bunch of professional sports teams of kids that go to college, I don't know that there's that much appeal to it because it's just what it what it becomes is it, let's talk basketball. It becomes the NBA's minor league system. That's all it is. And how is this? It might be Angel Reese or it might be somebody else. There's a women's basketball player, it's not Caitlin Clark, who decided to stay in school. And what I read about it is that she'll make more money in NIL than she would have been in Europe or the WNBA. Wow. Think about that. You're going to make yeah, more cool. money to stay in school. I think that's one of the reasons Drew Timmy stayed in school. A few other players, uh, Toshibwe for Kentucky, Oscar, they came back. They would have been a lot. Well, maybe not Timmy wouldn't have been a lottery, but Oscar Toshibwe would have been. And you yeah. stay in school because the NIL money makes it more appealing. And that's great, I think. But I think that's why, again, if Angel Reese supposedly, I'm not sure how accurate it is, went to LSU because there was more NIL money than Maryland was offering. Yeah. All right. Hey, you know what? Let's do this. We've got more rainbow baseball tickets to give away. If you want to go to the game Friday night, Hawaii taking on uh, Cal State Bakersfield at Murakami Stadium. Four tickets for you to win. Caller number two gets it at 808-296-1420. We'll go uh, get a winner coming up next, and we'll take uh, some texts and phone calls as well at 808-296-1420. Oh, I forgot to remind you that uh, City Mills Spring Power Tool Sale is going on. So if you're a uh, loyal DeWalt fan, you can meet your DeWalt Power Tools specialist coming up this Saturday at the Eva Beach City Mill right there in your neighborhood, Tanner, from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. They're giving away some cool stuff, too. Once again, uh, DeWalt Power Tools specialist is going to be at City Mill sat, uh, in Eva Beach Saturday from 9 to 1. Uh, for other special events, visit citymill.com or follow them on Instagram at City Mill. Last night I dreamt I was returning And my heart called out to you But I fear you won't be like I left you Make aloha kuhome Congratulations, Roland from Liliha. He was the uh, correct caller. Got himself four tickets to Rainbow Baseball Friday night at Murakami Stadium. Got four more to give away next hour. Keep listening here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, check out our scoreboard here uh, from Scoring Live. Kaiser in uh, girls softball beat Moanalua yesterday four to nothing. And uh, Marino dominant over uh, Midpack. Uh, 10 to 2. Iolani beat Kamehameha 10 to 9. They got a little revenge for the volleyball team there. 
<laughs> and uh, um, uh, there's you know that's uh, some games. Uh, I'm looking at my Naali from Iea nine and one. Wow, taking on McKinley today. Let's go, Tasha. You can do it. Work it, Tasha. That's the picture. <laughs> that was I was telling Gary the story is um, what is Natasha's uh, Souza? Tasha Souza is the pitcher for Iea, and uh, she, her older brother was a teammate of my son's in basketball at Iea. So this is when did they graduate? 2015, long time ago, right? So she was like a little girl, and she'd always her brother's name is Chemo, and she would always go, "Work it, Chemo!" <laughs> you know, she's imitating, you know, imitating somebody else right. whenever we'd play. And then so I saw her like uh, last year, and I said, "Hi, do you remember me?" And she goes, "No." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's the worst feeling." That's the worst feeling. And now she's a star pitcher for IA High School. Anyway. If you guys watch IAA play, say, work it, Tasha, when she's pitching out there. All right, I digress. I forgot I'm doing a radio show for the public here. Okay, <laughs> uh, congratulations to Roland. Uh, go, ta, um, uh, Tasha. Uh, let's see. Oh, texts and phone calls, 808-296-1420. Uh, someone asks, are NILs taxable income for these young athletes? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes. You got to pay taxes on this. It's not <laughs> nobody rides for free in this country, baby. Come on. A lot of people I know have been wondering about that over the last year or two. And I think somebody wasn't it Northwestern a few years ago wanted to become unionized. I believe as well. Uh, they haven't gone that far, but yeah, they'll get taxed on it. It's still income, of course. Yeah, it doesn't really have anything to be be unionized. I mean, they they're doing. It's the wild, wild west out there. I'm sure that if you're unionized. I'm not sure. I mean, I think um, unions do great things. You know, it's almost a political conversation. People are going to get upset if you mention it. But anyway, as far as student athletes go, I mean, everybody's their own free agent. Right, right. But yeah, you got to pay taxes yeah. on this. It's yeah, it's that's never brought up, so I can understand people wondering about that. Yeah. Uh, here's a text at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Gary, what was the best thing you ate? In the sports arenas, <laughs> not the one where, okay, Gary's going to tell us he only eats cheese pizza in the mainland because that's how they do it. Ooh. And here's a picture of me standing Ooh. on the street asking some stranger to take my picture. No, it wasn't a stranger. They would oh. run away with my phone. I would, I'm afraid to ask people that in New York. Oh, they would run away with your phone, I'm, I'm, really? I'd have to be careful who I'd ask, yeah. Wow. Okay, so Gary took a picture with it. You might as well just post the same picture every year. Oh, Here's well, Gary with a piece of cheese pizza. It's really big. I'm not in the picture. I don't. Oh, I'm in that one. That's really big. That's the one in Philadelphia. The best thing I ate, and I don't eat a lot of food at Arena. I'll give you an example why. Uh, I did because you're cheap. No, it's because, really expensive. Well, yeah. So last week at Madison Square Garden at the Knicks game, they had a they have a lot of fancy restaurants there with you know stands and stuff like that. A good variety of food, uh, whether it's sushi or burgers or all kinds of stuff. So they had a place called uh, Lavo, which I heard is a famous restaurant, I guess. And they had three Lavo? meatballs. Yeah, they had three meatballs. Uh, for fifteen. One of them's named Gary. Well, <laughs> so I ordered the three meatballs that came with cheese, and it was really good. And I, that and a diet soda cost twenty three dollars. A lemonade cost twenty three dollars. 
Wow. So the best thing I That's ate, as much as local fast food restaurant drive throughs here. I, I, well, even more so. <laughs> the best thing I ate, though, that was okay. The only other thing I ate at Philadelphia, they have a roast beef sandwich where they'll carve it there on a roll, and it's like 11 oh. 12 bucks. It's juicy. It's great. The roll is good. It's, that was the best thing I ate at a sporting event with the roast beef in Philadelphia. Okay, so what's the best? So you don't eat a lot at the arenas because it's just it's, it's just ridiculously you know, it's crazy. expensive. Okay, so what's the best thing you ate on the mainland the last couple of weeks? Okay, I'd have to go with Wo Hop on Mott Street in Chinatown. The best I, I read about it a few Excuse years me? ago. <laughs> I read about it several years ago that it was considered the best Chinese restaurant by many in New York. So I went to Chinatown about. I thought you went there already. Well, I go there every year. Oh, okay. So but I, I went there twice this trip. Last Wednesday was the last time, and uh, they only take cash. It's a tiny, tiny little place. It's always packed. Mm -hmm. It's down these steps, and I had the same thing every time I've been there, uh, wonton soup and chicken chow mein. The guy asked me, do you want the old-fashioned? What's, what's old-fashioned chicken chow mein? But it was. I saw they had two different kinds. But that was the best thing I ate overall um, was the, the Chinese food at Wo Hop, Mott Street in Chinatown. Tell them Gary <laughs> sent you. They'll give you the great special of the regular price. <laughs> That's one of Chris's jokes. But that was the best thing I ate. <laughs> all right. 808-296-1420. We've been uh, all over the place today. How about this, though? I was reading the scoreboard, if you didn't catch it. Uh, Kainoa Wade. Uh, volleyball player for the uh, Kamehameha Warriors yesterday. I, man, I wish I was at this game. I'm going to see. Don't they replay on X-Cast or something? I wonder if they yeah. have this was a televised game. Yeah, I'm not sure they should. But uh, Kamehameha beat Iolani 3-2. Uh, to two. One of the matches was 34-32 to 32 that Iolani won. Uh, Kamehameha wins in five, and uh, it was a long match. And that's why Kainoa weighed 46 kills. I mean, you don't see Chaz Galloway or Spiros Hakas with 46 kills. Even if it I mean, goes that five, is dominant. No. You know the ball is coming to him, and you still can't stop him. Yeah, that's and again, the fact that he's only a sophomore. I mean, it would be impressive if he was a senior. The fact that he's got a couple of more years after the season, right. that scared everybody else in the ILH. Imagine how boring volleyball is going to be when Kainoa Wade is a senior in high school. <laughs> it, 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 nobody can stop oh, you as a sophomore. Yeah. You're six eight and still growing. So when you're seven feet tall and you're you're slamming down, it, it's it's like okay, this is boring. I, you know, it, it's like you want to go play. Hopefully, you can play if, if they have. I don't know. I know in basketball you do. They have men's leagues. Maybe you can go play play against some grown ups. <laughs> People your own I mean, size. He probably does already anyway. but uh, He has played on club teams. I remember Charlie had talked a little bit about that recently. Right, but the club's teams is different. You're still playing in your age group. I mean, you got to go play oh, with gr full-grown men. You know what I mean? And it, I'm sure he does already. I mean, heck, he's a full-grown man. <laughs> he might be 15 years old, but he's a full-grown man. I think he's more so a full-growing man because he's not done grown, growing. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Anyway, I can't wait for two years from now. See him play for University of Hawaii. Hey, by the way, we got a big volleyball game coming up. Big volleyball weekend Friday yeah. uh, at the Stan Sheriff Center. 
Uh, I think they have a special promotion yeah. going on. Did you see that? Yeah, it's going to be called Sports Night, presented by Coca-Cola. They have group ticket rates, and you can bring your entire teams down to watch Hawaii play. Clubs are encouraged to wear their jerseys and represent oh. their team. The first 300 fans through the gates will receive a Coca-Cola fanny pack, plus prizes during intermission, including a Coca-Cola bear, beach chairs, and grilling tools as well. That's for Friday. Okay. And on Saturday, ah, yes. Magnum P.I. Night. Now, I still watch Magnum P.I., not in the last few weeks, but I got them DVR'd. Uh, mm. Presented by Hawaii Pacific Healthcare. Uh, members of the cast and crew from Magnum P.I. will be there. Uh, the legendary Red Ferrari, which I have seen downtown, will be in front of Gate A. So if you want to take pictures with a Ferrari and tell people it's yours, uh, you can mm. do that. Now, the first 5,000 fans on Saturday will receive a set of six trading cards from Magnum P.I., uh, well, 300 fans will get an HPH bag, Hawaii Pacific Health bag. Uh, during intermission, there will be a Thomas Magnum lookalike contest with prizes, including Wait. a massage certificate. Yeah. Which Thomas Magnum? Well, I would imagine Jay Hernandez, the current, because he's going to, well, I'm not sure if he's going to be there, but it's, the current crew or cast will be there. What if somebody shows up looking like Tom Selleck? That's a good point. Wow. Yeah. They're going to have Magnum P.I. Tiki mugs, a branded, cool, a branded cooling towel, and a Hawaii Pacific Health bag as well. But that's going to be pretty cool. I wonder who's going to be there for Magnum. You know, I understand that uh, the guy that plays the helicopter pilot, what's his name? Mosley? What's his name? The, the original show, yeah. Mo, Tom, um, yeah. I can't well, anyway, I, I, I've, I only see this show in passing. My wife watches it. But um, that guy is a huge UH fan. And one of the, um, I was at, at the uh, green and white celebration, and one of the, the prizes that they auctioned off was something that was donated by him. Like you get to hang out on the set or oh, something. Wow. I can't remember. I can't remember what it was. But uh, yeah, that was, uh, it was one of the prizes. Yeah, they told me that uh, he's a big, big UH fan. Well, I think his name is Thomas Hill, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. But that's going to be pretty cool for Friday and Saturday. Yeah, and you know what? Besides all that, we're playing Irvine, yeah, and this is going to be important for upcoming seeding in the Big West tournament. Now we've got uh, Irvine, and then is that it, or we have one more match after that? I thought we had at least one more after that. Oh, let me check local listings. Yeah, we play UC San Diego, and uh, those are going to be at home. So we're home for now. Uh, so Irvine, number five team in the country, Hawaii number one, but uh, this is this is. You want to pack the house not only for all the free stuff from uh, HPH and Coke, but you want to and Magnum. You want to pack the house because volleyball's been away and they're back and they're back against a good team. They're going to need us to rally. Definitely, so important match. Now you said they're number one. Aren't they number two right now, Hawaii? No, did we move down again? I thought. Um, I thought you. What did you? What did you go on vacation? I thought UCLA was number one. If I saw it correctly yesterday on Twitter, I believe. Oh, really? How come? Well, I thought they were number two for the last couple of weeks, weren't they? No, last week. We're still last, one. Oh, we're still one. Okay, yeah. Last week we were number one. But okay. um, but anyway, it, and one, two, whatever. It doesn't really matter. What it is, what um, what we're looking for is seating in the Big West. Right now, you want to yes. get You want to get a bye. So I think if you beat, you, you got, uh, you know, San Diego, they're, they're, Hawaii's going to beat San Diego. They, 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 I don't think they've ever lost in San Diego. Sorry, San Diegoans. <laughs> but uh, Irvine, that's a tough one. So, I mean, you come out and you sweep Irvine, and you, then you beat San Diego. Hawaii probably get a bye in the Big West Tournament. 
The reason I'm laughing, uh, and I did say Hawaii was not number one. I was looking at Tiff Wells, um, his media top ten poll, and he had Hawaii number two and UCLA number one. I thought that was the official one. But what? I, know, I feel bad saying that now. But it's Tiff all over Twitter. Wells is not a believe. Tiff Wells has his own <laughs> rankings. Well, he's, I guess he's, he's showing and his ballot. And with your own ballot. ranking, you have Hawaii number two? <laughs> Sorry, Tiff. Uh. <laughs> for the last couple of weeks, Tanner you, says. <laughs> for the last couple of weeks, Tiff Wells? What is he, a Pepperdine number one? <laughs> he doesn't even have them ranked. Oh, my gosh. But that's where uh, I got that from, so sorry about that. Now, somebody texted in reminding us, and I had forgotten, but San Diego defeated Hawaii um, in the Big West Tournament. Was it last year, I guess? I don't know. This one says oh, okay. uh, Hawaii lost to San Diego and quite often as of late. Wow. All right. Uh, it's 749. Let's get a traffic check and be right back here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Hey, congratulations to Kaylee Glagow and Brooke Van Sickle. Uh, the Big West Pairs Team of the Week for the second consecutive week for the Rainbow, uh, the UH uh, Rainbow Wahine Volleyball, uh, Beach Volleyball Team. Uh, man, Hawaii faced it's a uh, five straight nationally ranked opponents last week. Three of the top five team in the, teams in the country. They go four and one. How's that? Wow. Great. Man, Brooke Van Sickle, I thought she graduated a couple of years ago. I know she has eligibility for the volleyball team, but uh, for the beach volleyball team, but congratulations uh, to the Beach Bows. Yeah, and she was so great indoors, obviously, and now doing a great job on the sand as well. That's pretty cool to see. And the team has been winning. It seems like every week they're winning yeah. more and more. Hopefully they can do the same thing for the tournament coming up next month. Yeah. I was looking at uh, somebody sent us this. There's a bunch of kids from Hawaii um, that went up, uh, soccer players, and they went up to the, 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 is it the Netherlands? Is that where Dutch people are from? Yeah. <laughs> I have to ask that. I'm sorry. Anyway, this, yeah, so they go to the Netherlands, and they're working out with Dutch soccer clubs. I mean, what an, uh, there's an article that was uh, sent to us. Uh, from that was in the Maui News, and uh, Cannon Vines and Lucas Genoza, um, they got to go up and I mean you you, you live and breathe soccer, uh, uh, you know in in Europe, and so there are actually thirty six players from all over the different islands. Most of them were from Oahu. Wow! Uh, they got to spend a a week during their spring spring break to compete, learn, and watch games with the Royal Dutch football association and uh um there's a, a bunch of kids i want to get some of the other names but uh a shout out to they of course this is from the maui news so they're mentioning a lot of the uh the, the maui names uh kenji wonder jordan carbonell uh josiah labanan gabriel chauvin tai arakawa lai nainoa green abafo Corey swatek vincent moore 
uh, Noah Johannes, Jason Fernandez. Anyway, lots and lots of kids got a chance to go up there, and they worked really hard uh, from what we were told uh, to have this opportunity. And what a lifetime memory uh, for these kids. If you're if you're soccer and you go up and you're training with a Dutch soccer club, that's that is so cool. That is great. I wonder how that connection came about. Not sure. Not sure. A little sure. unusual, but yeah, great experience, as you said. I mean, something they'll remember forever. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, coming up in a few minutes, uh, uh, top th- things you need to know heading on into work. Uh, or if you're at work already, but we mentioned the men's volleyball team. It's the Pack the Stand night. Great promotions. A lot of free stuff. As if you're not going to get at least 8,000 people anyway right. against UC Irvine. Uh, but, yeah, UC Irvine coming up Friday and Saturday. Of course, we'll have those matches for you here on ESPN Honolulu. And, uh, you know, the baseball team, Rainbow Baseball, what a battle on the road. Man, you lose two games to a great Fullerton State team. You lose two games by walk-offs. One was an extra inning, and then you win the other one. What was it, 14-10 to 10 or something like that? something like that. Pitching uh, left a little bit to be desired, but <laughs> the Kyson Donahue and the the bat attack for the uh, base bows, the bat attack for Rainbow Baseball, unreal. Easily, we could have come back from Fullerton three and zero. Even two and one would have been great. They were so close. In the last yeah, game. that Sunday game was uh, that was awesome to listen to. Okay, I think it's time for us to uh, get a traffic check. Take a break for a second. Um, we will be right back with your top three things this morning on ESPN Honolulu. Went downtown. There's she, my little lady. I got a question. Hey, uh, we got Rainbow Baseball tickets to give away this hour with the Sports Animals. Sports Animals in the morning here on ESPN Honolulu. Keep listening for that. I, I uh, before we get to our top three things you need to know today. I, I um, so my battery died. It's like man, three weeks ago I had to replace four tires on one car, and then two weeks ago. Uh, oh, the brakes started not working on our old car, so I had to get that fixed. And then yesterday, uh, Sunday night, I go to start up the car, the battery dies. And then so I'm st- stuck at home yesterday, and I call I call the Napa. And uh, the Napa guy, uh, they deliver, which is very cool, at no charge. Yeah. And so Napa kid comes over, he drops off the battery, gets out of his car, he's standing by me, and I, I went, Oh, I don't. I don't have any cash. I'm thinking to myself, he want. He's waiting for a tip. <laughs> so I had to just like kind of turn my back and say thank you, and then start walking away. You know, I you feel so done. bad. I didn't know you, you. You. I guess anybody who delivers something, you should give them a tip, right? Well, especially to your house. I think that's more so. You know, and it was free delivery too. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they're delivering, if you're getting fast food and somebody brings you the food to the counter, I don't think you necessarily have to give a tip there. But somebody bringing something to your house, you should have told them, I'm going to give you a shout out on the radio tomorrow, and I'm going to call you the Napa Kid. The Napa Kid. (laughs) You know, so if anyone, the the poor Napa Kid in IAEA Napa, you know what, I'm going to come by because I think, because I started taking the battery off and it started sparking. 
So I put it back on and the battery works. So I'm going to hunt that guy down and give him give him five bucks or something. Wouldn't that be funny if he turns his back on you and walks away? <laughs> I keep my five bucks. Yeah, that's true. Hey, you know what? In fact, everybody, let's start a, uh, an old school GoFundMe. Everybody stop by Napa Auto Parts, IAEA, and go, hey, the howly boy, uh, uh, give him a dollar. <laughs> because you got stiffed by some old the guy up the hill. Sorry think, about you that. You should make it five. I don't know if people want to drive out of their way. We love Napa, but only give a dollar. Might as well make it five dollars. Yeah, whatever you feel is appropriate. Okay. You know, help the kid out. He got out of the car and everything. He stood there, and I was like, oh, my gosh, he wants a tip. I don't have any cash. But if you tell him that, you know, that's a good – I don't want to say excuse, but it is. It's a good reason. It's better than just – I panicked. I know I panicked. I didn't know what to do. I panicked. I'm the cheapskate. Don't deliver to that house. Spit on his battery before you give it to him next time. Wait till next time. All right, top three things you need to know heading on into work. One thing we know is women's basketball on the college level is on fire. Men's basketball is good. You know, we got a new national champion in UConn, but, uh, it's, I mean, UConn was maybe was so dominant that people today are talking still more about the ladies' national championship than the men's national championship, which is a great move for women's sports, period. And interestingly, because when the women's championship game was on Sunday, it wasn't that close down the stretch either. It was almost like the men's game. I forget how much LSU won by, but it was double yeah. figures. So it was, it was like almost the same as the 17. 102 to 85 right. or something like same that. Same yeah. margin of victory for both games, men and women, 17 points. How ironic is that? Yeah. But the All women's right. game had a lot more storyline, drama, excitement. So I think that's one reason it outshone the men's this year. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, Kainoa Wade continues to dominate. Speaking of dominance, Charlie Wade's son, Kainoa Wade for Kamehameha. Uh, Five-set match against Iolani yesterday. Kainoa Wade, 46 kills. Got to be a record. You know what? Don't even give out the Gatorade Hawaii Player of the Year award anymore. Just say, okay, for the next three years, it's yours. And not surprisingly, it's a career high for him. Uh, I would almost hope it is. Uh, and we've uh, got it's Masters Week. We've got all kinds of activities going on, all kinds of drama going on between the live players and the uh, the PGA Tour players and all kinds of stuff. I mean, they're, they're all being interviewed. Even Freddie Couples is getting in the middle of stuff. Oh, this makes the Masters all that much more exciting. I would love, just for the controversy, to see – a live golfer win this whole thing. Either that or a man named Tiger. And, you know, I'm, I'm, oh. I consider myself probably a casual golf fan. I'm not into it as much as you, but I love it and I appreciate it. But Tiger Woods, with his comments at the press conference earlier today, says, I don't know how many more I have left in me. I know oh. more guys on the champion tour than I do on the regular tour. <laughs> and so you wonder how many more Masters Tiger has left. And that's going to be a sad day. Uh, you know, I mean, the champions tour is great, but, I mean, we're used to Tiger playing. For these well, big yeah. titles. his good friend is Freddie Couples. I know that. Right. He's right. probably like, "Hey, VJ, let's go get a milkshake or something." I mean, yeah, <laughs> milkshake. But that might, you know, that'll be sad when we realize it's his last one. I mean, I hope he makes the cut. I mean, it's sad to say that's what you hope for now. Uh, but I mean, if he doesn't make the cut, it won't make Sunday or Saturday as interesting that it would be otherwise. At least if he's in the mix and the hunt a little bit. I mean, I'd love to see him win it. I picked Jordan Spieth earlier without really looking in too much into this. But I hope Tiger's in contention. That's the main thing. That would be a lot for a lot of fans, I think, if he is. 
Yeah. Is, do we know, is Ricky Fowler in the Masters? Because here's a guy that has actually improved his game. He's switched up a bunch of stuff. I think he's switched his coaches and swings and all kinds of stuff. And at one time, and this is years ago, I mean, he was one of the young bucks that everybody loved, right? He was yeah. Jordan Spieth five years ago. I mean, he was, I mean, he was, you know, part of this brat pack coming up uh, on the PGA, and he was so popular. I mean, he makes still, still to this day, he makes millions and millions and millions of dollars on endorsements. And uh, but you know, he hasn't won in so long, or even come close. Where he didn't qualify for majors, I believe, if I'm correct, last year. So I, I and I know that he's done well this year. I wonder if he qualifies to be in the Masters. I don't know, but yeah, I saw some of the tee time, but I didn't see the whole list, and I didn't see his name right away. Yeah, he's still got a, he's still got some work to do, I guess. But does Tiger see? There's some people that are so great at their sport that yeah, I don't. I can't imagine Tiger Woods playing on the Champions Tour. Yeah, right now. I don't now, know it doesn't why. Seem right, no. It just doesn't seem right. Like, for example, Peyton Manning was so great and such a great personality. I don't see Peyton Manning ever being a broadcaster, an analyst. So when Peyton Manning said he was interested in team ownership, that's more fitting to me, somebody like that, for Peyton Manning. That's why I was surprised. I can't picture Tom Brady as a analyst right which is what now, I'll now for right but the year. money that say like, like tony romo makes i mean it's not like it's a bad job or anything i just thought the greatest player of all time sitting behind a microphone to me it seems like there should be something greater than being a broadcaster for somebody like tom brady but if you're not in coaching i'm not saying that's greater but look at some of the, look when you look at the studio shows now i mean you have guys like terry bradshaw michael strahan i mean you got yeah. tony gonzalez you got so many great ex-players maybe not right away because it seems odd seeing him in a studio after the watched him yeah. play a year or two ago but, but in time greatest. i don't know if it'll be that bad he's the greatest of all time he's the greatest Anyway, but that's why we look at Tiger Woods. Yeah. Tiger Woods, now, maybe he has this new virtual golf league. Uh, I don't know if you've read about that. A little, uh, just a little. He's, he's gotten together with some other golfers, and I can't remember. But, I mean, he, I think him and Rory own it. I can't remember. Him and, and another one of these golfers have this, it's like an e-league of, of golf. It's like a, a simulated golf. Like, we, we had some commercials running for Golf Tech down by Ala Moana, and, like, you can go down there and play virtual golf. You're playing against a screen, a full-size right, right. you know, screen. And so I'm guessing it's something like that. And you have all these professional golfers who have joined this league of his. It's not like the Live Tour. It's not a conflict because it's not real golf. But, see, I can see Tiger doing that. You know, that's what he does. He's the owner of a league. Yeah. It's not a champion tour. I'd love, but you know what? I'd love to see him on the Champions Tour because I think that when you're 50, I mean, a lot of these 50-year-olds, they eat that place up when you first get on there. You know, I, I mean, very rare is a Bernard Longer who's, I don't know, how old is Longer? 65 years old, and he's still winning on the Champions Tour level? That's pretty incredible. But Most the of the guys are 50-51. But does it have the same interest? And I don't think it does as the PGA level. When you're looking at the PGA oh, Tour. Oh, I, 
I know, but I think if Tiger Woods is yeah, playing, yeah. they're only hoping, hey, Tiger's 47, in three years we hit the jackpot. But you, when you when Tiger came on the scene as a pro, late 90s, I guess it was, I mean, he won so often and still kind of did up until a few years ago that right. when he is gone from the PGA Tour, who's going to fill up that role? I mean, we have so many. I mean, you have like a Dustin Johnson. You have, you have Jordan Spieth a few years ago. Every year or two, there's a new next Tiger, so to speak. Not really comparing him, but a guy who's the majority – the guy's going to win the majority of tournaments that one year. I don't know if we have that right now, do we? Who's the no. guy that you can see consistently no, win? No, he's Tom Brady. He's better than Tom Brady. He's better than Muhammad Ali. Tiger Woods, I don't know if Michael Jordan compares to Tiger Woods. There's only one person with more major championships than Tiger, and that's the Golden Bear. Right, right. That's Jack Nicholas. So I wonder if golf takes not really a back seat, but I mean if it if it falls back a little bit with the interest level. No, I I, I don't know. I, I haven't checked ratings or anything. Uh, but Tiger doesn't play that much anymore anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's going to play three. Wait, how many majors are there? Four. Four. He's going to play four majors, maybe the Genesis, which he hosts, maybe another one. He's going to play like six times a year. Already, I mean you've you you know. You don't have Tiger most of the time. The Live Tour has taken away some of the, a few of the stars. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, a lot of people enjoyed watching. Brooks Kepka, when he was healthy, finally he's healthy again. Uh, Cam Smith, Cameron Smith, was very popular. The guy with the mullet, just after winning a major, he heads on over to the Live Tour. Wouldn't it be exciting if Tiger Woods at 50 is like, all right, give me 500, give me a billion. Give me a billion dollars, because they have it. Yeah. Give me a billion dollars, and I'll go play Phil on the live tour. Wow. <laughs> Phil will be like 55 by then. But uh, The interest yeah. would be there. What's that? Oh, yeah. But the, uh, um, I guess, yeah. I mean, you've got guys like, people love Colin Morikawa. People, um Scotty Scheffler is is very good. I don't know how popular Scotty Scheffler is. Jordan Spieth is immensely popular. I mean, he's just a he's a guy that you, they they don't have a problem having the little microphone pointed at him when he's playing because you'll never hear him swear or anything like that. He'll hit a bad shot and he'll say, "Oh golly, that's unfortunate." <laughs> I'm exaggerating a little, but that's a, that's the kind of guy. And you hear him talking to his caddy. And you're going, whoa, this guy's a real pro, you know. He's listening to his caddy. He's talking to him. He's discussing things. You know, it's um, – who was it? There was some golfer recently. That, like, he shot a bad shot, and he totally blamed it on the caddy. And they picked that up on a mic. Oh, really? And it was like, great, thanks for the advice, jerk, or something. <laughs> it was like, oh, my goodness. But, I mean, there's a lot of really popular guys Popular on the, on the a really po oh yeah they're no Tiger Woods yeah that's the thing they're, they're, yeah and maybe we never will see one again I'm sure we'll get one someday but um, you know they, did they say that after Jack Nicholas will there ever be a Jack Nicholas what does Jack Nicholas have twenty two majors or whatever it is I mean, it's great Tiger's not even close to Jack was it three or four behind whatever it is but I no it's more than that I think yeah. Okay. 
when you know when when Michael Jordan retired, who was going to fill that gap or that spot in the NBA? Everybody had he's the next Michael Jordan, the next Michael Jordan, baby Michael Jordan. Harold Miner had that nickname. Never heard about him after that. You know, when Tom Brady's <laughs> leaving the NFL. Who's going to fill that role? Aaron Rodgers. I mean, to be to my opinion, has never been Tom Brady. Yeah, he's won MVPs, great regular season record, but one Super Bowl compared to Brady, not the same. So we're losing these greats in their sport. Uh, somebody going to fill that gap, so to speak, to be somebody that's going to generate that much interest. And with Tiger, you mentioned all these golfers that are popular, and they are, but when Rory McIlroy first, not when he first became a pro, but that one year he had where I, I think he was close to winning a Grand Slam or maybe you know close enough to that where he was maybe the next Tiger. Then it was Jordan Speed. doesn't seem like we're getting any of that right now because these guys are popular and these guys are really good, but it seemed, to me at least, that some of these guys are good for a year or so, not for a five, six, or longer stretch like Tiger was. Right, yeah, and, and and that's all the media. By the way, Jack Nicklaus, you're right, has 18 majors, three more than Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods has 15 majors. But um, that, that's the media. The media is doing that because Kobe Bryant was going to be the next Michael Jordan. LeBron James is the next Michael Jordan. True. And, you know, we should be applauding who's the first Kobe and who's the first um, LeBron James. There'll never be a, a Michael Jordan. Plus, in golf nowadays, because the game's so different in basketball, right? Sure, it's it's super different in basketball than you know you could get away with a lot more fouls and all of that stuff. In golf, you bring up the equipment, right? Look at the. Um, I remember, oh, I guess it was last year at the Masters. Tiger Woods was in a press conference. I think it was at the Masters, and one of the things he was on, and he mentioned Scott Simpson. And uh, for folks, of course, the University of Hawaii, a major winner himself, and a university, the University of Hawaii men's golf coach. And he mentioned um, something about the types of golfers or whatever it was, but he mentioned Scott Simpson, not like Scott Simpson, so-and-so and so-and-so. And so I texted Scott, and I'm like, oh, dude, Tiger just mentioned you. And, like, his phone was blowing up. Everyone was texting him. And he was talking about whatever Tiger was talking about, and – one of the first things Scott said was, well, you know what? If we had the equipment that they have nowadays, it'd be a lot different. Good point. So that, that's a great – with golf, I mean, you can hit these – you can hit these the, – the technology is so unbelievable in the, in the clubs, in the golf balls themselves. They're talking about on the elite level, meaning PGA Tour, they're talking about fixing the ball so it doesn't go as far. <laughs> That's what they're talking about right now. I mean, it's crazy the 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 advantage golfers have today. So when you compare somebody like, um, you know, who's the next Tiger Woods going to be? Well, it depends also on what the technology is going to be. I think. Of course, but I, I again, just you mentioned Tiger Woods is going to be interest, and for me, again, as kind of a casual golf fan, if he's in contention on Sunday, I'm going to watch some of that or listen. If he's not, oh, if he's not even golfing on a Sunday or not in contention, I don't have the same interest in a tournament. And I know yeah. over time that'll change because there'll be up and coming golfers like the names we just mentioned that are still there. But I think when you lose Tiger, you're going to lose some of that interest there. And I think it'll be sad. I mean, it's just natural; it has to happen at some right. point. But when Tiger Woods made those comments earlier about I I don't know how many more I have left in me. You know that just shows you he's maybe closer to the end than maybe we think. Yeah, I mean there are there are stars on the PGA Tour. You're talking about Jordan Spieth, as you mentioned, Justin Thomas, 
I would put uh, Colin Morikawa and John Rom Rombo up there. Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, I think is number one in the world, like number one or number two right now. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama is not only popular in Japan but also popular in this country as well. And then you got some up and coming guys. This kid named Tom Kim, and he, you know, they'll float the South Korean flag next to his name. Although a lot of these guys. It's, he's as American as you, American could be sounding. He went to university in, uh, somewhere on the West Coast, right. I think. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that's got a great personality that uh, people love. You also have uh, bad guys uh, who are still around, like Patrick Reed, people, uh, Sergio <laughs> Garcia. People love to root against these guys, which is only good uh, for the sport. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Tiger Woods is the guy. But eventually, I think people that love golf love golf. Sure, sure. But for again, somebody like me, I won't have as much interest when he's not there than if he was. Mm. But it's got to happen <laughs> at some point, unfortunately. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. We're running a little late. Harrison Kuroda is going to join us next, talk some rainbow baseball. Uh, that's coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu. And then after we talk to Harry, we're going to give away more tickets. So keep listening for that. Also, be aware, coming up. Uh, the Well, it's going on now, City Mills Spring Power Tools Sale. And if you're a loyal DeWalt fan, you love the DeWalt Power Tools, you can meet your DeWalt Power Tools specialist this Saturday at the Eva Beach City Mill from 9 to 1. And they're giving away stuff, too. Uh, you can check out other special events at citymill.com or follow them on Instagram, at City Mill. Hey, good morning. We're going to have Harry. Harry's going to talk about the Harrys. A lot of Harrys going on. A lot of Harrisons. First and last names. Harrys. Harrison Kuroda joins us now from Spectrum Sports and ESPN Honolulu. Aloha. Good morning, sir. Good morning, guys. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us, Harrison. Always great to talk to you. I know it was a tough weekend for UH baseball and losing two out of three, but I'm going to start off with some of the positives. And I remember from early on this season, we saw obviously glimpses of this last year, but Kyson Donahue, what a season he is having. And maybe it's not a surprise to some, the six homers, 29 RBI. This guy has not let up, let up at, at all this year. I mean, from the start of the season till now, just having a fantastic season. Is any of this a surprise in how he's sitting to you? Um, I don't think it's so much of a surprise. I, um, I, I think I kind of expected it just because like, he kind of has that body to where I think he needed a little bit of time to grow into it. And now you're starting to see the, the, you know, all the weight room work, you know, biology and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, he's having a real special season and, uh, Again, he, I think he's a guy that, that is kind of a Swiss Army knife. I think he's not best suited to play third. I think eventually he'll make his way across the diamond of first. But mm. um, he's a good body, and um, you know I think he's doing a really nice job at the plate. Speaking of at the plate, we see other players having really good years. And Jared Quant, a player not many people are familiar with, they didn't really play previously. He's having a good start and hasn't let up as well. Of course, Matt... Matt Wong having a great year as well, and Ben Ziegler and Namoa the transfer. Uh, we got four guys who are hitting over three hundred. So offensively, looks like Hawaii's doing a pretty good job overall. Uh, yeah, they are, and I think um, 
you know, Ziegler Namoa is a, is a pleasant surprise two-way guy. Um, Jared Quant, though, he's the, he was kind of the missing piece, I thought. Um, you know, we kind of knew what the Donahue boys were going to do. We knew what Wong and Higawa was going to do. But Jared Quant has uh, done a really nice job coming into his own, hitting for doubles, hitting for power. Um, I, I, think he's a, I think he's a better left-handed hitter than right-handed hitter, and that's why you're not seeing him play every day. Um, you know, the, the, the common thinking is switch hitter. You can, you know, you don't have to platoon anybody in the outfield, but, um, I think his left-handed swing is much, much better and he has more power left-handed. So, um, yeah, Jerry Quant, he's a kind of a holdover trap guy, uh, former catcher. I didn't, I didn't really like him as a catcher when he, when he was first got to campus, but, uh, he's doing, he's doing a nice job learning the, learning the outfield. Harrison Kuroda joining us here on ESPN Honolulu talking UH baseball. And Harrison, last weekend again against Cal State Fullerton, a team that I believe had just beaten UCLA the week before. Hawaii goes on the road, had a chance to win more than the one they did, losing by one twice in the first and third game. What were your thoughts overall? And I guess we'll have to start with the pitching because you look at the runs led up and especially the last two games of that series. Well, super frustrating, right, is that you know, Hoy outscored Fullerton 31 to 29 over the entire weekend as an aggregate. So, you know, when you're able to score 31 runs in a weekend, like you're kind of thinking that you could probably come away with a weekend, a weekend series win. But again, the pitching was kind of a kind of a letdown. Um, I, I, I think I, I think I feel bad for Connor Harrison. Are we talking about Harrison's, you know, I think he's <laughs> one of the guys that I feel bad for just because, you know, his job is not to go out there and, and pitch. Get. That's that's not what he's built to do. And so when he was asked to do that, I thought the the first the first two innings of both appearances were, were pretty good. Um, but then he's kind of lost. He just kind of lost it in the in the third inning. So that's a big ask from from Connor. But um, he'll bounce back, and uh, you know that he's gonna he's gonna get the ball again this weekend. What about the starters? How would you grade them? I mean, because you can say early on, well, it's early in the season. It's still early. We're in conference play now a few weeks in. And, you know, Hawaii's played over 20 games, so it's not early in the season anymore playing those 23. What are, you, what are your thoughts on the three starters? Well, the, the, the three starters, I think, can be a, a, a very formidable weekend rotation. It's just which, you know, which guy are you going to see and in what order. I, I think Gustin is kind of by far the – He's, he's taking the Friday night start. Um, but again, for all of these guys, it's a matter of if they're economical with their pitches and if they can keep their pitch count down. So um, Gustin, um, Abshire, they, they have a tendency to run up their pitch counts, and so they could be out by the fourth or fifth. I think when, when, when the starting pitching is able to pitch into the sixth inning, I think that's, that's going to be a good weekend for Hoy because the bullpen doesn't have to cover so many innings. Mm. Um, but again, I think it's just that if you can get five or six innings out of these starting out of these starters, I think you're going to have a good weekend. I know in in the pros in Major League Baseball, I think they would deem it a quality starter if a starter goes six innings. Mm-hmm. I believe in college, is it basically the same from what you're saying, five or six? Yeah, but I think the quality start is a, is kind of a dying thing, especially at the major league level. Um, you're starting to see the opener. You're starting to see mm-hmm. three pitchers kind of just chew up, um, you know three innings of a nine-inning game. So the quality starts kind of a dying thing. I, I think, in, uh, obviously, in the in the big leagues, it, it can work because you have guys that are throwing 100 miles an hour. Um, in college, it's a little bit trickier just because you don't have guys that have necessarily swing and miss stuff. I don't think anybody on Hawaii's team has that, you know, big-time fastball where they can just kind of run it up there and guys will miss. But, um, but yeah, I, I just think Hawaii needs to do a better job with um, – 
establishing strike one and, and making quality pitches when they get ahead. This weekend at home, Hawaii will have CSU Bakersfield starting on Thursday night. What do you know about Bakersfield? Um, they're, they're better. I think they're better. Um, they're still, I think, going to be in the bottom half of the pack. But, um, you know, Bakersfield is a, is, is a kind of a tricky team, right? Is that because they, because where they are in California, the ball tends to fly. And so um, some years their pitching can be a little suspect because that's kind of what they how they recruit going into it. So, um you know, I think this next three these next three weeks are going to be really, really important for Hawaii season. Um, I personally think they need to go seven and two if they want to try and win this thing. So um, it's going to be an interesting first weekend against Bakersfield. Okay, and I know I, I bring this up fairly often. I think fans do as well. I mean, can you make it as an at large in the Big West? I know it's still relatively early, three weeks in. Hawaii's played two weeks of conference games in the three and three. But mm-hmm. is there a chance that Hawaii can get an at large in a regional with thirteen and ten as their overall record? And is it going to be where the Big West will get more than one bid this year? I don't. I, I really don't think so. Okay. Um, I, I think the Big West is going to be a one bid team. Um, you know, I think it's kind of fresh in everybody's mind because March Madness just finished. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just think the Big West. Um, you know, I think at least this year, um, I think it's going to be Santa Barbara. If Santa Barbara, you know, the only the only way that I think Hoy may have a chance is if Santa Barbara doesn't win it. Um, but, you know, I think every single year we're kind of seeing that, that UC Santa Barbara is kind of running away. And, uh, you know, they're really, really well coached. Yeah, they've been a good team over the years, of course. But, again, this weekend we have uh, Cal- CSU Bakersfield Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I know we're going to hear you over the weekend, of course. Harrison, thanks again for joining us. And hopefully we'll have a few more wins this weekend and uh, some bright days to talk about moving ahead. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you so much. Harrison Kuroda, radio analyst on ESPN Honolulu, also at Spectrum Sports, joining us here on ESPN Honolulu, talking Rainbow Warrior baseball. And again, Thursday, Friday, uh, night games at 635, Saturday at 105. Josh Pacheco on the call, all three games here on either ESPN Honolulu or CBS 1500. All righty, thank you, Gary, for that report. Let's see, what do we do? Oh, as promised, hey, you want to go to the baseball game Friday night? Call in now at 808-296-1420. Caller number three, we got four tickets for you. Uh, Just be the third caller, that's all. We'll give them away. Coming up next, ESPN Honolulu. Hey, good job, Karen. Karen out in Kapolei. She got four tickets to Rainbow Baseball Friday night. More for you to score with the Off the Bench crew this afternoon here on ESPN Honolulu. The uh, Thank you, Tanner Hayworth. The 2024 Maui Jim Maui Invitational is uh, set. Uh, and in that, you will see the Colorado Buffaloes. They're going to be uh, in there with... Auburn, isn't that your friend? Yeah, the Bruce coach? Pearl. Bruce Pearl, sure. Bruce Pearl in Auburn. Uh, Dayton. <laughs> I mean, Dayton is going to be there. Who else? 
Iowa State, pretty good team this year in the Big 12. Memphis went to the tournament. Michigan State, saw them a few weeks ago. North Carolina and UConn, defending national champions, I guess is one way to put them, reigning champions. They will be here. Now, this is 24, not this upcoming November, but in about a year and a half, we'll see those eight teams here. Unfortunately, no Chaminade there. But it's a pretty good field. I think I think it's a really good field. I mean, the Maui Jim Maui traditionally gets seven Power Five schools, and usually schools like North Carolina and Duke, <clears throat> they'll come every four years. Because it's, even though it's an exempt tournament, you're allowed to go to one of those every four years where it doesn't count on your allotment of games. And it's a prestigious tournament, the national TV coverage. So you're going to get a really good field of teams every year. But, again, you look at Michigan State, Carolina, uh, Auburn, maybe to a certain extent, and UConn now. That's a great field. So, And I know they always announce it usually more than a year in advance, so it's going to be a really good one. And, uh, the, yeah, and Penny, again, Hardaway, Penny Hardaway for uh, Memphis. I mean, you know, who's Pearl? Penny Hardaway, right? You got some great coaches. Tom Izzo, what guy you really look up to. I know I'm just joking. I, I, I think Tom Izzo's a great coach. But you got a really, really good field coach-wise, player-wise, team-wise, and it uh, seems like another great field coming. Again, that is 2024. So uh, we'll have to look for 2023 first, but uh, I think that's a pretty good field to have coming up and just got announced just minutes ago. Thank you, Tanner, for that. And uh, for, I just want to get the 2023 field here. I know people are probably wondering about that as well, and I will get that here in just a second. Another good field coming up this year, and I will get that here. You're going to have Kansas coming in 2023. Uh, They're always here. Well, every four years you'll come. Schools like that will come. Purdue will be here, trying not to lose early in March, but Marquette will be here. UCLA, Gonzaga. Uh, I mean, those teams are fantastic uh, when you look at some of those teams coming in here. So it's going to be a great tournament once again. And I know college basketball just ended, and we're already talking about next year and the year after. But for me, it can't come soon enough. Uh, but a lot of tournaments will announce their field. I know that the uh, Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic has not announced their official field for this upcoming December. But some of it is leaked out. And I know schools like St. Mary's, Nevada, TCU with Jamie Dixon, uh, Old Dominion are coming. So we've got some pretty good schools coming next year. But I think TCU, St. Mary's might be two of the better teams coming for the Diamond Head this upcoming year. They haven't made it official. As far as what I saw last week, they still have to get one more team. And I'm not sure if they got that yet. But I did hear it would be officially announced pretty soon. Okay, so when you the 2023 uh, Maui Jim Maui Invitational. So you mentioned the 2024. It's got Michigan State, North Carolina, and who's the uh, UConn? Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. those are those are some top teams. So the twenty twenty three Gonzaga, you, they're a top five, ten team in the country. Sure, Kansas, uh, you know, and UCLA. I mean, this is some power coming to Maui. You also have Tennessee coming. Marquette, who is a number two seed, I believe, this year. Shaka uh, Smart yeah, Marquette. Yes, uh, Tennessee was really good, as I said. Now, you're going to have Syracuse a little bit on their way down, but, yeah, you got some really good teams coming in again this and year. Shamanad. Well. And, and Shamanad. And Shamanad gets yeah. to play. Yeah, they play every other year. I still don't like that, but I understand that. Yeah. All right, so thank you very much. See a little breaking news for you this morning here on ESPN Honolulu on National Hug a News Person Day. <laughs> As soon as I see one, I will hug one. Definitely. I'm going to seek out. I got to go downtown. I'm going to find Steven sign. Give him a big old hug. Do you think he's hanging out downtown? Or does he? Where does he hang out? At UH? 
Well, right now there's no spring practice, so I'm not sure. I mean, he's covering baseball, so maybe he'll be at baseball practice, maybe. When's baseball practice? I don't know what time they practice, but I know they will practice. Oh, okay. I'm not sure what time, though. All right. The um, the um, We haven't talked about the There hasn't been much going on in the NFL lately. Got a couple of minutes here before our next traffic check. But I see here, according to Pro Football Talk, Bill Belichick has been shopping around his quarterback, Mac Jones. Yeah, I, he had his good. He had a good rookie year. Okay, then last year he's like, let's have Matt Patricia and Joe Judge run our <laughs> offense, and so and not surprisingly, Mac Jones had a bad year. So now you're shopping him around. Shop Matt Patricia around. Shop yourself around. I think Patricia's gone. I think he was going to join the Eagles. I'm not sure if he officially did yet. I forgot, yeah. yeah I wonder about that. I mean, to what extent has he shopped him? I mean, are, are teams asking him? But, if, okay, let's say he is. Let's say the report is true. There has to be something to it. If he is indeed shopping Mac Jones around, why? Not so much that he didn't do good or didn't do good enough. What's plan B? Because you're not going to go shop Mac Jones, draft the rookie, and start all over, I don't think necessarily, unless it's one of the top two or three picks, which they don't have. So what are they planning on? Uh, there's no other free agent quarterbacks out there right now, unless Lamar Jackson is walking through that door. Who are you going to get to start this season next year? Because you're not going to go with another rookie. I don't think that would be the case. And Mac Jones was good, if not very good or average, around there. So if you're going to bail on him, who are you going to get to keep that playoff, get a playoff run going again? Mm. It's got to be more to that. And I still do wonder about Lamar Jackson. Uh, what's going to happen with him? Oh, my I mean, gosh. That's what we've been talking about the last two weeks. Oh, okay. Well, I mean. But it's fine. I mean, there's nothing yeah. going on right now. Well, you, well, the Aaron Rodgers thing is another thing. I think it's pretty definite that either he's going to go to the Jets or Green Bay. Uh, but with Lamar uh, Jackson, he can't go to GBA. I don't think he can. Oh, oh! I just made a cool. I just said a cool like nickname by accident. I said he can't go to GBay. Ah. I meant to say Green Bay, but I said GBay. <laughs> I'm glad you caught that. All the kids are going to be saying that now. <laughs> Whoa! What up? We G-bay. got GBay. <laughs> We're playing GBay, baby. I got to remember that. It's like in Iaia here where I live. They call it the A Town. Come on, GBay. <laughs> Anyway, Aaron Rodgers cannot go back to G Bay. I don't think so. They hate him. The team doesn't want him. The 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 the, the, the fans don't want him. Nobody wants him. Well, be careful what you wish for because Jordan Love is walking through that door, and I don't know how good he yeah. will be. But yeah, we yeah. pretty we're pretty certain that he's not going back to G Bay. Uh, but but we don't. There's not a lot of options for him. But for a guy like Lamar Jackson, I, again, I don't know how many options are out there. But would New England make sense if you're trying to upgrade at that position? You know, they don't. I mean, if you're not sold on Mac Jones, I think it makes sense in that way of looking at it. That maybe he could be a guy you could count on and build around. But nobody wants to pay him. He wants so much money. Nobody wants to. And, and I think the Ravens are smart. It's like you know what? Uh, we'll do the non-franchise one. Pay you less. And if you get hurt, well, you usually do. If you don't, that's a bonus for us. But nobody, but nobody wants to. Is it collusion? Some people say know. that. And and I I don't know if it's collusion or if it's just everyone in the the same mind frame of saying we are not giving anybody Deshaun Watson money. Right. That's yeah, a yeah, team that, killer. Yeah. That's a cap killer. That's a team killer. The Cleveland Browns did it, and look where it's going to get them. 
nowhere. I think that collusion part makes sense because I think it was but, something where the owners don't want to pay that kind of right, money, of but, course. But I don't think somebody said, hey, Bob, this is Bill. Don't sign him. You know what I mean? I think yeah. everyone just went, I ain't paying that. No, no, we can't keep this going with the Sean Watson money. So let's say you're, you're, you're Houston or Carolina, you know, with the top two picks. They're going to get a quarterback. Would you rather have Lamar Jackson or C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young? And you know what? I'd have to think about that. If I have a really young team, uh, maybe I do go with one of those young guys and build for the next five, ten years, hopefully. And not, Lamar Jackson's not old, but with the injury factor, I, I agree with what you said. I don't think there's a lot of teams that really – want him with the salary attached. But maybe New right. England could be one of those teams. It does make some sense. And let's say the Jets don't get Aaron Rodgers somehow. I mean, the talks aren't there where they're agreeing. Supposedly Green Bay, G-Bay, doesn't really <laughs> necessarily need a first-round pick overall. I mean, first-round pick from the Jets to make this deal work. You know I who know I like? You know who I like on the Jets? They're never going to do it. I like Mac Jones. I like Mac yeah, Jones they, on the Jets. Yeah, that wouldn't happen. Bill, yeah, Bill wouldn't let that happen. No, I out of the same division, that. but I, I, I don't. I just again, you look at Lamar Jackson's situation. I mean, it's still real early, but you would think whatever team is maybe going to get him, you want to do it before the draft. And now we're in April, so the draft is this month. It's not right. like you know, there's a lot of time left before the draft. It's coming up. So if you're going to make a move for Lamar Jackson, you want to do it before the draft and draft accordingly. Where you're not going to draft the quarterback, let's say, and then maybe make a move for Lamar Jackson. That's definitely not happening. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I think I think Lamar Jackson is going to stay where he is, hmm. and Aaron Rodgers has to be with the Jets. I mean, and, and look, the Jets have all the have all the uh, all the kind of leverage here because even even um, Green Bay, the the general manager, whoever it was, the whatever they call it in a in the in, in their team, is it the general manager? Of Green Bay, if you're a company that well, they have a GM, they still have, they have a okay. GM. I forgot his name, but yeah. Anyway, so that I think it was that guy that even just came out and said, "Look, he doesn't think they're going to get a number one pick." And it, it, it seems like that's what they're holding out for is like a couple of number ones. And it's like, look, if you're the Jets and you give up those number one picks for a guy that might not even be there two years from now, who knows? Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets for one year and then retires. Brett Favre like so if you're the Jets what are your options I mean you, you already kind of and it's already assumed that you're getting Aaron Rodgers so if you don't get Aaron Rodgers what are your options who's gonna you already you already threw Zach Wilson under that bus right there's no way he could and start you got right now Mike White is with the Dolphins right right so what do you do you got I mean you got all these weapons around him you're picking up receivers left and right right uh, Paul yeah. the other day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Alan Lazard. What? Yeah. You're not signing? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, what do you do? Randall Cobb. Vinny Testaverde <laughs> might still be available. It's 849 here with the animals on ESPN Honolulu. Time for our bulletin board, and we want to let you know that uh, if you enjoy watching the sports, got the NBA uh, playoffs coming up, um, we enjoy watching these sports parties. Max Holloway fight is on the way. But if you're feeling buzzed, remember to recognize your personal warning signs and call for a ride to get home. This message brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union and ESPN Honolulu. Kachi Kachi Music Makawao. Uh. 
Sorry, I was listening to the song. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good morning. Gary Dickman is back from vacation. Good to have you back. Hope you had a great trip. Yes. Got to see mom. Yes, yes. Yeah. Two and well, almost 99, but um, didn't see enough of me. One day I came in the house. I, I stayed with my sister now. I walked in the house after my third or fourth day, and she goes, who are you? I don't recognize you. You're never here, so how would I know who you are? <laughs> <laughs> and she got me good. Ah, she's going to, why, are, why is your mom saying that to you? You flew all the way to see your mom. And uh, why don't you just stay with your mom? Um, just because of she's limited in what she can do, and she always she wants to cook for me and do things. And you know, she fell down once while not while I was there at her house, but while I was in New York. So it's better oh. if she just rest. But every day, gotcha. Was, she's going to overextend herself yes. if you're there. And the first few days, I was catching up on sleep. So instead of seeing her at noon, like I promised, I'd show up at like five thirty. <laughs> what do you mean catching up on sleep? Um, just what it means. I mean, I didn't get a lot of sleep before I left, so I picked up on it the first few days there pretty good. Actually, to her, I did it the whole trip. <laughs> <laughs> I did catch up on it. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome back. All right. Uh, we got Rainbow. Uh, we got a lot of a uh, good, uh, it's only Tuesday, I know, but we got a lot going on. We've got the Rainbow Baseball team kicking off on Thursday. Well, they don't kick off, but they pitch off. Pit, pitch off. That <laughs> <laughs> almost sounds bad. The uh, uh, baseball team, Cal State Bakersfield. I don't know much about them, about Cal State Bakersfield, but what I do know is it seems like the Big West is uh, pretty good this year. Yeah, it seemed like it always is. And Harrison Kuroda a few minutes ago said that Bakersfield is near the bottom of the Big West, so hopefully Hawaii can get a sweep, if not at least winning two of the three. But, right. yeah, I mean, he said they're only a one-bid league, and I know somebody had uh, tweeted about, you know, they think they'll get more of the Big West. The Big West has been a conference that can get, you know, two, three teams in the tournament. I don't think they've done that the last year or two, but hopefully they can get more than one. And I know people you know, talk about Hawaii early on, that if they could beat Fullerton two out of three, maybe they'd be in that conversation. It's still relatively early. They've only played six yeah. conference games. But the Big West is good, though. definitely is. Yeah. A lot of teams have played more because we had that one bye, and that's when we played uh, Tulane. But, uh, hey, Hawaii's in the thick of it. In, in my mind, you're in the thick of it. We just haven't played as many games. Right. Just got to get that, that, that just, uh, the you know, got to get the pitching in order. Sometimes we're hot. Sometimes we're not. But, hey, you know what? Hey, we're like June Jones' uh, football team. We'll just win every game with offense. <laughs> we don't need takes. no stinking pass rush. We'll just win every game 12 to 11. Anyway, uh, that's got to do it for us. Okay, uh, what's going on today? You've got uh, Let's Talk Sports with Dave Kawada today, and uh, that is followed uh, by uh, Off the Bench this afternoon here on ESPN Honolulu.